Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. And I would just like to start out by highlighting this. Uh, I will not uh, stand for these slanderous uh, accusations. Take it back. Uh, good morning, everybody. His fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the one that has the button. You know, I can I can go live at any time. Next time, uh, I'll go live during a tirade or something like that. But, uh, you know, because you, you guys think Mike is super quiet on the show. But in the back room before him, we literally can't get Mike to shut up. I mean, it's just talk, 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 talk. You know, that's yeah, Mike. totally. Uh, yes, uh -huh. I've got my I've got my first lie of the of the day out. So I just wanted to make me feel good. All right, hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, <laughs> welcome uh, to the show. Day forty of the Ukraine war. Um, we really haven't talked about Ukraine much since. Um, uh, Friday, so we've got a lot, to, a lot of kind of ground to cover. Um, some pretty interesting developments, um, you know. So, so definitely, we're gonna we're gonna have a full show of stuff to talk about. There's also kind of some economic stuff that's bubbling in the background, as it always does when it, you know in relation, and you know sometimes just tangentially related, other times directly related to the ongoing crisis of identity um, for the NATO uh you know cause uh in ukraine and then also in in the greater western europe so it'll be interesting all right uh joe how are you doing this morning it's got glad to see you back hey i am happy to be back i got my new soul attack hat so i can stop complaining about mark having one and me not and i don't want to start <laughs> nothing but i even got a little handwritten note from mrs demp in there so look at that might want to might want to look into that Dim, uh, you, I, I don't know if you're watching, man, but uh, you watch out. And and some of the some more dump seasoning. If you're going to survive the apocalypse, you better have some dump seasoning. So you you know most people don't realize how important spices are to prep. Dude, it makes it'll make rice and beans taste a lot better on day forty. Well, uh, so. as important as sugar is, I think salt is even more important. But yeah. that's just me. And it might as well be salt mixed with Dem's special blend. That's. I'll tell you what, seriously though, everyone who's watching, if, if you if you haven't bought some dump uh seasoning, you should and put it on potatoes. Oh my god. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. Soul attack, right? That's what you can get it over yep. on the soulattack.com. Yep. 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 There yep. it is. Let's see what we got here on the website. Dim's not even here and we're shilling his his stuff. I know, I don't even know why we are. Because we're nice. I just I gonna say it's so like Dim comes on show up, dude. <laughs> Well, it's like him and Mark. It's like they 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 came on just enough to tease the folks, and then you know they just leave us in the lurch. Where's the, the spice? Is there. It's only like eight bucks. So, Demp, Demp why season? is this not up Never next to the it. top? Demp, this See, needs to be one of the first items on on the on the page. Yeah. All right, I I, I tell you what, go ahead and drop the link for this page right here in the chat. This way, guys, if you're interested in some Demp season, you could literally just. Get the link right here um, from the chat. And that uh, photo is Dump in the tactical crayfish, uh, or he'll say crawfish. Crawfish uh, right there. So, and just remember that when you get the bottle, Dump is actual size. 
Yes, <laughs> Dimp is actual size. He's not a, he is not a big man. He is a he is a he is a he is a legendary man of uh, minuscule scale. You know, hobbits are the most remarkable of creatures. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. He knows I call him a hobbit. Oh my god, Mike, how are you doing this morning? Morning, sir. Morning. I, I ain't got no spice. I ain't got no spice. I get spicy books. That's all I got. Hey man, you're, the, the, war, the, war, the warlock has a spicy way of uh, handling business. I'll just I'll just say that he does. You know, it's funny. I I, I had never uh, read nor seen the movie Dune, like the 1980s whatever version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so I watched the new movie, and and really, probably the only reason why I did was was uh, um one of my readers in a review actually two i'm sorry um two authors said yeah yeah blah 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 reminds me of the the, the jenny besseret or something like that right in uh-huh. the movie dune and i was like i have no fucking idea what they're talking about okay that sounds good i guess that's good um so you know i i watched the movie with some interest and i was like huh well yeah i guess there's there's a parallel so so uh, I, I, I like almost everything, no matter how good something that's modern is, I feel like if there's an 80s version, it is more 80s and more better than the See, modern version. And what, now, the, now the I have movie, to come and be millennial movie? and say, no, there was another one made in the middle and it was better. No, I don't think so. I saw that one too. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I liked the, I liked, um, you know, uh, uh, Agent Cooper as uh, as Paul Atreides. I liked Sting as the uh, Fade character. Yes, Fade Ralpha. I mean, you know, uh, I just thought the I just thought the portrayals in the uh, 1980s uh, Dune was, uh, you know, now there were some really super cool stuff in the uh, in the modern Dune, like you know when they showed the Sardar car, you know, on that field. I was just like, oh yeah, this is the most like Warhammer 40k thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, once well, again, it, probably it's probably the advantage of CGI. I mean, obviously with CGI, there's oh a, yeah, yeah, absolutely things you can do. Yeah. But anyway, I, I you know I definitely would well. rec- I, I I would recommend you check out the 80s Dune as well. I forgot something. I see that Mallet CNC Works is in the chat, so he just said Joe's going to show wood. I sure am. Mallet CNC Works. Made this. Oh man, I'll get my. I'll, I'm gonna go. I I posted my thing on on Twitter. That dude. If you need something yeah. woodworking done, Mallet CNC works man. is your man. Mallet, yeah. is this you? If this isn't you, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, for yes, okay, absolutely. I, I, he, he, I, I, he made me a cribbage board that has Pineland University kind of in, in, in oh, the nice. It is awesome. I, I want somebody to do a meme of uh, the council on future conflicts set along as the last supper. Uh, and then once we have that, then we blow it up to where then, you know, Mallet can turn it into a wood cutting with his digital, you know, uh, uh, route router tool. I think that'd be cool. I don't know that that sounds fun and all, but somebody, one of the viewers, recommended a better one. I think. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this. I knew this was coming. I, I, I'm all for this one too. I, I'm working on it. I just need to get good shots from various episodes. But uh, 
No, this one. <laughs> this one, I think. No, no, you gotta take this is what you gotta do. You gotta take the 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 background of um the expendables. Ah, put us on. You know, that's I that's get Jason say then that's all I'm saying. Well, okay, so here's here's a... <laughs> Scott loves the leather banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> Scott has one. Yeah, right hey, there. Man, I mean, you know, that's the one hate. we need right there. Um, you know, but here's my question though. Going back to the NWO one, who would be who then? Who's who? Well, see, I, I was thinking just just for sake, right? All right, I, who hey, who's Joe in this one here? So I was gonna do this as Joe, this is Scott, and then I was gonna put me here just because the watcher beard fits over that a little easier than most of them. Jack, and then I was gonna do uh uh it's not the same. That looks it's like not, Ron. Right it's there. not a. It's not a Jack Murphy beard unless you have the dyed fucking skunk thing down the middle. I think. I think Ron. I think Mister Perfect would be Ron. Joe would be. I think. I think Watcher would be Conan. <laughs> it troubles me that you know every single one of the people in this Dude, image. I. I, I watched the. Uh, I watched uh, TNT back then, man. Like Back so, I, it, so this. <laughs> what was this? What was this? Ninety four? Was this ninety four? Ninety five? I think this was ninety four. Yeah. So I had a. I had a. It wasn't my roommate, but he was like my, one of my roommates' buddies in the dorms, and and I, you know, dorm living is very much like barracks life, and everybody well, just hangs out in everybody's look, rooms. And we Juan Cholo has it right there. Juan Cholo's got it. The Last Supper, but the table has a risk game board. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're right. Right. We're having a okay. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, just to just to get give you guys a heads up, um, Ron has forsaken us until his uh, political destiny is is better known. Uh, he, he's got a lot of campaign work, and he's going to have to be getting up early to to do it on a regular basis. So he won't be able to hang out with us as often, but he will be back. Uh, and I'm hoping that um, Ron will will make a surprise uh, uh, dip into the uh, council chamber from time to time, just to kind of give us some of his wisdom uh, and and to and to make faces at me, which is one of my favorite uh, parts of having him on the uh, the council. So. Uh, I, I always I always I always love his kind of like you know he's muted and he starts to put his head in his hands and there's plenty of good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. All right, Stan is back. All right, Stan, how are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, we're we're doing we're we've been kind of BSing a little bit. We knew you'd be sh showing up soon, so I thought we'd wait before you came in and we're having a little fun with the chat. Well, the, uh, on that score, then, let me share with you the big excitement here this morning, which was... Um, oh, yeah. We had, uh, we had, a, we had two uh, two-year-old male turkeys in the backyard this morning. And uh, that's not that unusual. What is unusual is when I see my Norwegian forest cat trying to stalk him, like with that, <laughs> thought, that thought bubble that's like, maybe, just maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> if everything goes right. <laughs> so uh, we had to dissuade him from that because I didn't want him to get cut up. But, uh... I, you know, Hunch, I would say it wouldn't be we wouldn't put Ron on Sergeant Slaughter. I think we'd put I'd put, I think Joe would get Sergeant Slaughter. You know, that that brown round is, you know, almost per, too perfect for, you know, 
the former Marine. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. So uh so let's uh enough of the uh enough of the fun and games. Let's let's jump into the map. There is a, there is some big developments on the map, right? So real quick, let's just do a quick orientation. This is kind of what the map looked like last, when last we met. Um, if you remember my map update, it, we were talking about fortifications in the north, at, you know, and the consolidation type stuff. Now, where we are today, this is where we are. If you notice, all this, the, they have they have evacuated entirely on both sides of the river north of Kiev, even around Chernihiv, which was that kind of thorn in the side of their, uh, you know, kind of operations uh, to the northeast of Kiev. And then if you look over here, I mean, they've even pulled back to, you know, areas around Sumy, um, you know, Tonopop, which is, ton Tonopop, yeah, um, which, Kanotop, that's what it was. Uh, that area is is completely unsurrounded <laughs> now. Um, so so we're really seeing a, 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 a broad uh, pullback uh, in the north. So, uh, all right. So let's jump into our map real quick. Um, so Ukrainian troops, uh, troops have secured the border with Belarus and hoisted the Ukrainian flag at Chernobyl. Um, Ukrainian general staff reports that Russian troops have withdrawn from Chernihiv region. Um, however, the regional council there indicated that some Russian elements scattered in the north, probably near the border. Um, and so this is a pretty big pullback. And I one that I kind of frankly surprised by. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we saw some indications that they were probably pulling back just because of the uh, um, some of those uh, offensive operations that we, that we were reporting on towards the middle and end of last week. Um, but what really surprised me was the probably the reasons why they were having so much success on those offensive operations was because the Russians were literally in a kind of a, a rear guard type action versus uh, actual defense. Um, so, and this kind of answers the question as to why. Um, all right, so looking over to Sumy. Um, so Russian forces have reportedly begun to withdraw from Sumy as well. Uh, across the border into Russia, Ukrainian troops uh, liberated in the vicinity of Konotop, uh, as we've talked about. Um, and the remaining Russian units are concentrated in the area of uh, Putyiv, uh, Burin, and Bolopia. Um, so... So this this is another area where we're we're seeing not full pullbacks, but definitely consolidations into areas, and that's more to support that kind of um, that shoulder there leading into Kharkiv uh, and the uh, you know the Donbas region. Um, looking at Kharkiv, um, so despite the pullback in the north, uh, Kharkiv is still under pressure from both air and indirect fire attacks. Heavy fighting was reported near the area of Mala. Here we go. This is a good one. Uh, Komushivka and uh, Tikhotsky. Um, Russian army bombed Kharkiv uh, outskirts and also uh, caused damage to residential areas uh, in and around Kharkiv. And as you can see, kind of looking to the south and the southeast of Kharkiv, the the damage or, or the 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 action is 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 really kind of starting to heat up in that area. And you know this is this is uh, this is what is it? Izum, Izum, I believe, is where this is. 
Um, and so even they say 80% of the buildings uh, have damage, um, you know, of, of one type or another. Yeah, this is uh, Izum. Let me pull that up on the map real quick. for everybody. So Izum, Izum is under Russian control right now, uh, if you can see from the map there. Um, and so there's continuing to push south, and that kind of goes into the whole Donbass. And the point of this whole pullback in the north, I believe, is to uh, is to preserve combat power and be able to throw it into the uh, the southern region. Um, Can I? Despite, yeah, go ahead. Oh, we've just got a. We've had a viewer ask. They didn't pay us, but I'll, we'll answer anyway. They're asking why. Why has the pullback happened? Do you want to? You want to take a swing at that, Scott? Yeah. So I think. So you could never really know for sure. That being said, my best guess is because that they realized that that the the whole idea of a encirclement of Kiev and pressuring the government to uh, give up uh, that was a bridge too far. And so when you realize that something is operationally unobtainable, um, especially when it's sucking up as many forces as what they um, we're using what they have done is pull that out. And I think that's exactly why they did it. Um, and now they're going to take those forces, they're going <laughs> to reconstitute them, uh, and they're going to swing some of them around, uh, to reinforce the su success that they've had in the South. And as we've said, you know, for a while now, the, the area in the South is really, um, the area where they've had quite a bit of success. Uh, and so that's, that's my take. I mean, well, you know, yeah, I'll point out that they're pretty close to securing their 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 other objective, which is that land bridge all the way over to Moldova. And if right. they can throw those forces there, they can probably make that happen. Um, a pronunciation note. Uh, I, I spent the weekend with the Ukrainian, so uh, he reminded me that the town that the KH sound is the same as in the word Russian word, Harasho, which means fine, well or good. So it's Kharkiv, not Kharkiv. So ah. is it Kharkiv. is it Kirsten then? No, Kirsten is not. It's just one of those weird things. Okay. Um I, I'm just gonna take a quick hack at this as well. And, and, if you look Kharkiv, at oh. Kharkiv is actually Kharkov, but that's a different yes, name. that's true. <laughs> ah like Lvov and Lviv. So and ah. Kiev and Kiev. <laughs> I, I'm just going to take a quick hack at this, and, get, and I'm going to say that if we look at some of what Russia's other actions are, um, including uh, raising a lot more uh, foreign fighters to try and come into this, raising a lot more people out of Syria and a couple of other places, and and raising 180,000 uh, internal uh, uh, new conscripts, it, it looks as though they were running out of manpower. Honestly, they, they, they had units starting to become combat ineffective is is yeah. what my guess would be. And so well, now they're I going to. Think, yeah, I think that's true. Now, now they're going to redraw, redraw, redraw down into this area, bringing those new uh, troops that they're able to free up as they get to, uh, uh, recruits coming out of boot camp to be able to cover their positions. And then, like they said, they're going to push down into here. However, the other thing we have to remember is that as Russia gets a chance to reinforce, that's also a very easy area for ukraine to go ahead and reinforce now that they're not so tied up in here and they've got a lot of weapons that they've been meaning to move into the country that have just been really hard to do and now that you have a free northern sky it seems you know i reposition yeah. plays both ways it's it's not totally free remember yeah, I, say, I would caution on that because belarus is still sitting right on the border yeah they've got uh 
S300 and S400 systems uh, all along through Belarus is still oh. able to cover a good portion of, of the country. True, but I was just meaning they don't have to worry about keeping these roads here, which are some of the main coming this way free. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think we talked about this in our last iteration uh, that was Ukraine focused, and that is um, this is the big reset. And I'll be really interested to see when we start to see OSINT indications of troop repositionings from Belarus and and Belgorod down yep. to down to the southern area because I think that's going to be indicative. Yep. Um, keep an eye on Russian naval activity in uh, Sea of Azov and Black Sea. I, I, there was a question earlier: Is Odessa still on the menu? Absolutely, Odessa Absolutely. is still on. It is. It is the menu at this point. Uh, well, right. It reminds me: We still have um, a Marine regiment on the move from the Russian Far East via the sea. Last seen oh, passing Japan. Yeah. Who knows right. where they are today? Hey, I, I read something. I hadn't. Uh, I don't know if we discussed it or not, but interesting. A uh, trivia point, I guess. The Sea of Azov. The average depth is seven meters, and the deepest part is 21 meters deep. So it's, oh, wow. it's not really deep. I thought that was well, interesting. The, um, I think I think those that marine unit. I think Joe. I think it got loaded offloaded at uh, Vladivostok, and so they're putting. I think they're being rail moved uh, to wherever they're going. Now, I, the other one that I want to bring up real quick that's kind of interesting. Um, they have not move forward and we, we're going to cover this here in a second but they've started to now move south through ism which i find interesting it seems that they're going to try and do a small encirclement of these troops here instead of going for the full encirclement here uh after they get reinforcements all right so let me that's that's a good segue for me to to finish off the map stuff because i kind of talk about that here in a second um so donbass ao despite the pullback from the north uh the uh, Russians continue to pressure Ukraine forces in Lukansk and Donetsk oblets. Uh, the main task the Russian is now setting itself to is to surround the Ukrainian forces in the east. Uh, key fights will be to take place in Mariupol, uh, Crimea, uh, Rubitsny, uh, Papesnya, and uh, the Izum Volovak uh, line. Um, Russian forward elements have uh, reportedly reached the settlement of Brazkivka, uh, which is south of Izum. So that's they're clearly looking to kind of encircle that northern part of the, you know, the units that are along the line of control. Um, so speaking of that, Donetsk line of control area of operation, what we're seeing is Russian troops are attacking Ukraine position near uh, Adivka, which is a it's which is interesting. Adivka has always been that kind of hot town on the line of control for the last eight years. The fact that that town is still not uh, taken by the Russians is either indicative of the fact that they just haven't cared or um, the regular units that were on the line um, in that location have done a damn good job. Uh, and I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, Without success, uh, they, you know, so far they haven't been able to hit either of those towns without success. And the enemy has reached the outskirts of uh, Nova Bakhuntivka uh, and entered the town. I love these the names. The best part of this show is listening to Scott try to pronounce the names. Tell me about it, dude. It, it is agony. Um, this is, the real reason I don't think we should fight a war in uh, Ukraine is because I don't want to have to continue to learn these names. 
Um, <laughs> looking at Mariupol, still, so this is a still a hot fight, but it's still fairly simple because the you know ultimately, while you know the blocks that are controlled are, are maybe a little different, um, we haven't seen huge differences. Um, Ukrainian forces are still in control of part of the As Azov stall point. Um, got to interrupt you, Scott. Oh, we got a five dollar, and I I'm going to read I, it. I, I'm going to read it for you so you don't get in trouble. Let's go, Brandon. I'm oh, yes. Let's go, Brandon. I don't know who this Brandon fella is, but everyone likes him. Was is das Brandon? <laughs> Brandon. All right. Let's keep going. Let's start. You know, SB in the chat says, I'm not going to like it when I have to start learning Russian town names. Well, that may be true. I think Russian is easier to pronounce, you know, this just the kind of, the string of consonants is, and, and vowels is a little uh, more intuitive than Ukrainian ones. Uh, at least that's been my, you know. Maybe I'm just used to it because of all the uh, the World War II history I read. A lot of Russian names go. in there. Yeah. That's, that's why I keep saying Kherson because, you know, in all the, in all the uh, history books, that's how it's, you know, written. So same thing with Kharkov, you know. Um, all right, uh, Mariupol. So, uh, and uh, the southern area near the harbor uh, is still under control. But that's obvious if you look at the if you look at the city. That's obviously one of the areas where they're pushing. Um, uh, you know, is along that coastline there. Um, Can I ask a question? Go for it. I, so, Mariupol. At this point, I think they've been trying to get a. Uh, exit corridor for humanitarian purposes, uh, um, operational and one thing and another. I, I just uh... wait. Breaking news: Hunch the dirty roofer for five dollars. Breaking news: Stan believes the North did nothing wrong. Well, I mean, it was the war of northern aggression. If I if I remember your last harangue on that uh, correctly, is that correct, Steve or Stan? Yes, yeah, Steve says yes. Um, Steve. I, I'm not even going to respond to that. I mean, I mean, that's just that's just bait, and and I don't want to divert the show. I'll come back to that at, at a later point. But uh, <laughs> bait uh, for the bait, God. I mean, he's uh, the Virginia gentleman. That ought to be your clue. Well, I yeah. So anyhow, um, I, I I feel that uh, loyalty to state first. So there you there go. There you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> You can you can deduce the rest from there. Uh, my point is is that is that um, uh, I keep waiting for the gloves to absolutely come off on Mariupol um, because it, I mean they're within striking distance of this and 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 I'm not taking away from Azov or Ukrainian resistance, but what's left to be done here if they if they if they chose to do it, I just have to believe that they're going to we're going to wake up one morning and Mariupol is going to be even more of a steaming mess than it is already. Because I think they want to just move on. I think the prep is for, for Odessa in, in late June. Um, but I'll be interested to sort of see how that how that uh, how that progresses. Uh, all right. So moving on from Mariupol, uh, looking over towards uh, Nikolaev uh, Oblast. The pullback from Mikhailov seems to be an economy of force measure as their offensive operations north of Kherson uh, have focused on the eastern shore of the Dnieper River. 
um, with what looks like to be a Kiviri uh, as their next northern objective. Um, so these are the two areas I, I think still uh, are kind of in their sights, and that is Kiviri and Odessa. I mean, I think both of them are, are kind of key terrain in that southern region. Kiviri, because it's, it's a huge steel production uh, uh, town, um, and I think that that's uh, like ultimately a huge economic, you know, feather in the cap of Russians if they can uh, take that over. And then also Odessa for reasons that we've already talked about. Well, and, and Yikolev, because um, in the former Russian, uh, former Soviet states like Ukraine and Russia, um, naval infantry encompasses two things, uh, the Marines for offensive use and the coastal defense troops, which are also considered Marines and Naval Infantry. So their Naval Infantry Division is headquartered in Mykolaiv, and they want to defeat that to make the defense of Odessa a little less organized. So. Um, I'm curious what your slide share, what your men, they might just embargo it, uh, grabbing everything else. I think he's just saying they might Mariupol? just barricade it and leave it. Yeah, yeah Mariupol, yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking, but I, I, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> yep. Uh, Declar Action is, uh, isn't that the largest steelworks in Europe? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, yep. It's also the birthplace and where uh, yeah, hometown of grew the up. Yeah. But it's also, like we've mentioned before, it's going to be an absolute nightmare to encircle, even with extra forces. <laughs> Yeah. But here's the other thing, too. It's going to be hard. You know, I, I think they're looking for essentially Kiviri and then maybe over to, you know, coming in behind. Uh, what is that? Dnieper right there? Or no, no. Dnieper's yeah. a little further up. Dnipro. Yeah, or, Dnipro. Or do you mean yeah. Zaporizhia? No, no. Dnipro. Yeah. So like, I think basically like this. The, follow this I, river. Yeah, I think that's what they that they would like to have uh, as their kind of southern line, and then basically uh, Dnieper over to you know south Izum. of Kharkiv, yeah, Uzum area. So um, that would make a whole lot of sense to me, but uh, who knows? Me too. I think that's exactly what they're going for, which is why I'm surprised to see them making this push towards uh, Luhansk from yeah. Uzum. Uh, spot on. Haven't said that yet today. Um, Drink. <laughs> I know, right? And we haven't talked about Mark's book yet. Um, yeah, that's it. The only thing I just want to bring up is these, these missiles. Uh, this was an attack just outside of uh, however you pronounce that. I'm afraid to even try now. Uh, now that I, now that I've been, we've been corrected on a bunch of things today, but Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis, in, in, is, Indianapolis. Is the default is the default pronunciation for anything <laughs> you can't figure out. Just call it Indianapolis. And yes. although I don't have pictures, uh, Odessa has, as of today, they've once again started receiving missile strikes in in Odessa. Those are probably coming from ships off the coast. Yeah, actually, can, can you pull the uh, can you pull the um, the video up of that? Or uh, either video or, or images, because it, it seems like they hit something significant. You know, maybe yeah, let some me, petroleum. Let me find uh, some storage. I'll find it right now. I know that uh, that's what they said for the. This is the only one I've got for the Mikolev for the Indianapolis one. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it did say i can't read this but the 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 translation for the thing did say it, it was important infrastructure i don't remember what it said it was though hey, hey stan we we've talked about in the past the uh the proven gas reserves or whatever in that area in and around odessa uh, is there already a petroleum industry there or uh, to, is, some, to some degree it's 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 mostly uh uh, infrastructure for offloading and distribution into into Ukraine. It's not domestic production, domestic Ukrainian production to to a great degree, uh, okay. but but it's it could be at some point. Now it, you know um, that's the way it was headed, and that's that, that was before the Crimea thing. There was a bunch of investments to start offshore here in Crimea because that's where eighty percent of the the discovered load that they have is, and then the twenty percent that's left is out of Odessa. Yeah, I, I just I think it's going to take time, and and I, who knows? I mean, uh, the uh, the World Economic Forum may not want them to develop that because they want to build windmills uh, in the Sea of Azov or whatever the whatever the alternative is uh, from that yeah. perspective. But, uh, hydrocarbons bad, um, windmills good. So <laughs> yeah, and and we oh. know that Ukraine Ukraine has struggled with nuclear power from time to time here we go i, I might have heard that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oops so yeah it's definitely outside this is, the city it's not this a... is this is where this is where the hammer is going to come down next in my opinion guys uh, yeah. i think i think odessa is um is really what's going to be the focus for the next for the balance of 2022 and i and i think it's going to take that long <laughs> but uh um, I think that's, I think you got to really watch what's going on there. So, so as I'm reading this translation, um, the civilian who posted this says that it's shelling, which doesn't make sense to me. Do, do Russians have big guns on their, their naval no, vessels? I mean, they, they, not, not real big guns. I not, mean, not so. that big. It, it, you know, it very it's well could just strike. be a translation error. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got uh, well, and, and you may not be seeing this because I mean there are kilo boats in the Black Sea that have the ability to launch caliber missiles, so mm -hmm. that may be what you're seeing here. For sure, I was just wondering if this was somebody with a battleship-sized gun pounding from 13 miles out or something. No, well, even no. the cruisers have gotten away from guns and are more more missile-based. So. Yeah, even our our stuff doesn't have big guns on it anymore. I mean, what five inch guns? That's about the biggest we have, right? Yeah, the last yeah. time we used those was Desert Storm. <clears throat> yeah, but battleships are bitching. I don't care what anybody. They says. sure as hell are. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I got a stiffy when Trump started talking about, you know, what what would it take to to bring an Iowa class back? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's that for that picture. Or do you want me to bring up? Uh, is it time for this one yet? Well, you know, yeah, we were talking about Mariupol, so that, you know, I'm—I'll be honest with you—I can't believe we didn't talk about it. Uh, hold on a second, we've got uh, mm -hmm. important news. Um, Hunch, the dirty roofer for five dollars, says reportedly there are two DSGE officers among the bodies of those of the two copters out of Mariupol. So I had heard something about this was Western. an interesting helicopter shootdown, by the way. It yeah, sure so was. we talked about it a little bit on Friday, and I have not heard a lot since then. But, you know, here's what I learned. I learned that they were potentially evacuating out. There was more than one helicopter. 
and only one got shot down from what I understand. And in the wreckage, you had both wounded and non-wounded people. And so supposedly they were evacuating out the leadership, of the Azov brigade that was stuck in. Um, and then I also heard that they, there were some, either some Western contractors or Western advisors that were on the ground um, that they were pulling out. Um, now the thing is, is that huh, if the there French are two with Azov, shocking. well, if if there are Western soft that got killed, eventually that's going to come out. I mean, it just will. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be unfortunate for the presidential elections in France, but it's going to come out. So, yes. Well, the interesting thing is, is that you know Macron's really been kind of he was playing up his chumminess with, uh, um. <laughs> Sam, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm liking the way you think. Such a flattering freeze frame as Valencia. I mean, you know, it wasn't intentionally. You know how it <laughs> it's is. like he just got off the Joe Rogan show. I'm just gonna. I'm just saying. Um, no, there's no, there's no Sukhoi 57s in Ukraine. There's only three that have been delivered to the Russian Air Force. They're not going to waste them in Ukraine. No, there's not a there's not a purpose for them in Ukraine. Even though they, they did test do operational testing in Syria, but that was because they had no real chance unless they just like lost one to you know bad luck. Those are expensive toys. They're gonna they're gonna save those for. What's well, it's, it's a, kind of the same deal with their T fourteen. Amados, I you know what the if they aren't taking some of those captured javelins back to shoot at their T14s to see how that that deal works out. Well, how many do uh, they have? I thought they only had like a half dozen. That's exactly the kind of operational testing I'd want to do. I'd want to you know do a a best a best kind of matchup. I would want to see if you know because they supposedly have the anti you know anti missile systems on them. Hmm. But, uh, you know, anyway, oh, and the other thing uh, I thought was interesting, so I, I don't know if you've guys seen, there have already kind of pictures of uh, railhead vehicle vehicles being railheaded uh, out of Belarus back into Russia. You know, these are ones that, that probably one of the early units that, that got out of that northern area last week. Um, and so my, my assumption is they're, they're sending them around towards Rostov or someplace like that in order to yeah. kind of inject them back them in. into the fight yeah but there i think clearly they'll do some reconsolidation of all those units as well because you know they're pretty significant losses um and those were a lot of their kind of top flight units and they're going to want to continue to be able to use those names and unit designations not only because they are elite units but also because they want to be able to say look you didn't you didn't do anything to us this unit's right here. Here it is. It's fully co constituted. So, do we do we want to cover the uh, the reported garage sale happening in Belarus? So there. So these are kind of some micro things that I've noticed that are worth talking about. You know, so for instance, there was a truck that got blown up, uh, and it had it was full of washer and dryers in the back of. Uh, in the back of the truck, you know, they all got burnt up, but they could, they could tell what was in the back. Also, did you guys see the tank that early on, it was a T90. It was going across a, a bridge and it rolled off the side of the bridge into the Creek. It was completely submerged. And we saw pictures of it from mm -hmm. the bottom. So basically looking down into the water, you could see the bottom of the tank and the treads, right? 
And so I guess they've come, the Ukrainians have come to re- recover that tank and they flipped it back over. And when they flipped it over, the crew that drowned in the tank, they were still there. And so Why did the they Russians, not get out the escape hatch on the bottom? The Russians didn't even recover their their dead from from the battlefield. I mean, and and it wasn't like they that it wasn't like that happened as they were leaving the area. That happened like weeks ago. Yeah, that it, was one of the that was on like day three or four. Well, it was in well, was, hey, um, within that uh, first week. Virginia gentleman recommended movie recommendation for the week. Uh, we did my son and I did this last night. He wanted to watch it. I had to fast forward through certain aspects of it. But if you want to, if you want to vicariously live a tank battle, uh, rewatch Fury uh, with Brad yeah. Pitt. That's uh, that, that that'll give you a sense with turrets popping off of hulls and one thing and another. It was uh, it's sobering. Yeah, I mean if. I guess the one thing that I would say about uh, being a modern tanker that would that would in a way is is kind of dark, but it's 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 maybe a, a blessing is that I think when you go, you go pretty quick. Well, the the other thing that I want to I want to go back to that whole washer and dryer thing, and somebody made the comment in the in the in the chat too. Have you never heard of a mobile laundry unit? We have them. No, I was the, the the washer dryer thing was specifically about that they have Russian troops have uh, there's yeah there's I, I need to find pictures of it they they set up a uh, they set up a little bazaar when they got over the border and they started selling goods that aren't widely available in Belarus uh, oh. at dirt cheap that's, prices that's, that's, which means that they had spent time looting houses like, know, quite a lot of time you know as a military policeman so- that's a that's an MP function you need to be nipping that you need to be arresting those people immediately. Yeah, yeah, it's, they're, it's, they're making it official though. Like the, the the cars that they stole, the government said, "Yeah, those are ours now." Guys, guys, that's an eighty-year tradition in the Soviet Union. Well, uh, I mean, it goes, it goes, any any municipality, and you can go to the Vernissage and you can find false teeth for resale. I mean, come on, I mean, it's just it's a cultural difference. Well, the other thing too is that you know the the. The whole idea of not looting, uh, forces not looting both the dead and also the uh, the valuables from a city is a, is only a very modern idea. Well, uh, look, I, I'm I'm okay with the like I, I get looting and I, I get that it's a time honored battlefield tradition that used to be a European tradition up until very very modern times. But I'm I'm with the maker of this meme. I don't know if you loot so much when the bodies of your buddies are still there in the field. Now I'm with you, man. I, you know, they did. A, they made a lot of calls that I just don't get. I mean, and part of that is a cultural thing, and part of it is a, a military thing. You know, but I, I think, you know, I think one of the themes that we can push back now that they have pulled back from that area, so we've seen all of they all that they intended to do uh, in the north. So we can start talking rather definitively about, you know, trends being actual trends versus well is that an initial impression versus something else i think one of the trends that we can determine is a lack of discipline in many things and i don't mean like individual discipline i mean like just as a military interunitary discipline i think that's where most of the aa problems came from well i mean i think there's something to be said for that but Uh oh! Did, Did my internet? Stop? I don't know. No, I, 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 I just had to mute for a minute. I oh. just had to mute for a second. 
Fantastic. Uh, no, uh, I, I think that's absolutely true. And 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 <laughs> on a small level to a large level basis, yes. So if 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 I could get you to do it, uh, uh, watcher, if you could pull up maybe just some. I I, I want to. So here, so everybody in the chat, just to let you know, I here on YouTube we have some limitations as to things that we can show. Um, you know, so that is just monetization, and some of it is like you might get your ch channel struck for for showing it. So that being said, we're not going to show some of the the stuff that that has come out on Twitter. But I will just say, um, if you type in Buka or Hostamel or any of these kind of bigger areas uh, north of uh, of Kiev, you're going to be able to see your fill of all the you know, the bodies and whatnot that the, uh, the Russians left behind. But to, the, to a certain extent, I think, you know, let's, let's see what we can find, uh, Watcher, to kind of just show some general ideas of, of what the, the uh, Ukrainians are encountering as they leave. I mean, the thing that's most stark to me is just the sheer amount of unrecovered vehicles. Um, and some of that, I think, is because of uh you know the weather and it just stuff gets stuck but i think so why didn't why don't they recover a vehicle you know if, if there's not some sort of a tactical extent you know you know you know extensive circumstances that keeps them from being able to um, recover vehicles I mean, why wouldn't they right um, oh, yeah. So I guess this is he. So uh, the president, uh, Zelensky, did a tour of Buka. Yeah, I mean, it's it's on the Kiev outskirts, so it makes sense. But he uh, he's invited multiple European leaders there with uh, come see what like statements like, oh, come and see what your uh, what what your delays have caused and stuff like that. So I've I've seen reports that um, there's upwards of uh... sorry about that. That was just the video turning on. Uh, just saw my name in the chat. I'm just trying to figure out what he's talking about. Maybe what are we talking about here? Did I miss? I don't um, know. I'll, I'll scroll up and look at that. So uh, so essentially, what we're gonna I think what we're gonna see is uh, is the narrative over the next week essentially um and because we're now in you know we're at the beginning of the new cycle uh i think the the massacre is going to be story number one and i think there's going to be a certain uh element especially within europe uh and some of the more kind of globalist uh you know elite types for like you know never we said never again and we've we're letting it happen again so there's we're already seeing um, if you heard Klitschko, uh, Vladimir, I, is that his name? Vladimir Klitschko? Klitsch, anyway, I, the boxer, former boxer turned mayor of, uh, of Kiev. Uh, let's see. Uh, if I recall, NCOs don't exist in the West. That's correct. Um, so, so NCOs don't have the same responsibilities. Uh, many of the kind of tactical level, small unit decision-making is done. Uh, by the officers um, and officers, you know, the way they make their officers are a little different than how we, we make our officers, but still you, you, you have essentially the same thing, a, a relatively junior person with education. Um, so it, in a sense, it's kind of going back to the, uh, 
some of the, uh, you know, uh, czarist Russian army traditions where the officers, you know, basically took control of their soldiers on the battlefield. Um, and uh, anybody who served in, in the U.S. Army, for sure, and, and most of the Western militaries as well, know that that's just not a sustainable practice, uh, especially in a modern uh, battlefield. And I, I'm, I apologize, Scott, I'd be bringing more up, but I'm, I'm trying to find stuff that's pre-censored and there's just not a lot. Yeah, I mean, so as long as it's not close-ups and stuff, I think we're okay, but... That's um, what 90% of it is, unfortunately. I, I know, I know. Um, Juan Chol in the chat, let's see what, what you got here. One takeaway from Ukraine conflict is to uh, keep better control of smartphone discipline. Uh, amen. Uh, how many times were the people hit because they, so not, but not just that, right? So if, if I'm a, if I'm a platoon leader, right, I, I want to be able to control the information that my soldiers are putting out, right? If every, every one of my soldiers has a, uh, a phone, then, then, the army loses the ability to control the narrative about what the hell uh, they're doing. Yeah. Is that, that's just a, it's rotated differently, right? That's a, that's like a 90 degree rotation. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. And they're trying to say this is before and oh, there was nothing there, but what's that, that, what that's, that's that stuff right there. Yeah. That's whatever that is. I have no idea what it is, but that's what it is. If it's a church ground, you would assume they've probably. Well, had no, no. So, so what it is, is see the dirt patch right there. In the center, that's this right here. Yeah, that's the mass grave. Yeah, and and I've seen some of those pictures. So, the, and yeah, well, there's no mass grave right there in that little notch. Huh. Yeah, but that's um, that photo has been rotated. So yeah, it's yeah, it's rotated, but there's there's also a like a trench. It's this uh, trench that's dug here. That's what they're pointing out. I'm just wondering what this is. Those are graves, I think, aren't they? I, I guess so. That, that must be the church graveyard. Okay. Yeah, don't uh, don't Orthodox don't they do like the kind of vault type deals? I wish there were a rotated picture from here. Yeah. Uh, let's. All right. Hey, so Chad, I I, I really want to get your take on this. I mean, normally we we generally let you guys kind of you know discuss amongst yourself things but i and you know we we pull out the super chats but i'd really like to hear what you guys are thinking about uh, all this massacre talk and 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 your thoughts on the pullout um yeah i mean so this is a good point right so lisa c says when you arm when you when when you arm civilians with guns and Molotovs, expect civilians to be casualties. Well, right and now. it goes to some of the restaurants we've seen struck and some of the other places we've seen struck. Well, they're making Molotovs in the basement. So it's there for a military target. You won't hear that in any Western media broadcast for the next three weeks. Uh, Correct. It, it will oh. be conveniently forgotten that, that, that they were handing out AK-47s willy-nilly to anybody who who could carry one away so or we, the president it, declared every male between the ages of 16 and 60 to be a uh combatant yes uh, and, and it just doesn't it just doesn't fit the emotional narrative that that we're driving here and in europe 
to uh, to deeper involvement. We'll go into that at at, the, at some point, but I um, that's 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 where we are. And the other thing too, I'd like to bring up is some of the people who they found dead had little you know white bands and stuff, and so that very well could have been like you know local militias kind of coming out of their basements um, as the Russians are trying to withdraw, and maybe they came up a little too early and they got you know they got their comeuppance. Um, I mean, it's still you know executions on the battlefield are never okay, um, no matter what your rationale or your side is. The only execution that might be okay on the battlefield would be one that you do if one of your people does something on the battlefield, such as cowardice in the face of the enemy or, you know, some other kind of other heinous crime on the battlefield. Um, UCMJ allows for battlefield summary executions, uh, you know, because, you know, crimes like that can have a serious deterioration on uh, unit morale and discipline. So that's something to note. I think one of the things too is, is the, is the caution against um, taking everything at face value right yet. It's, it, it's pretty new. And I've got a lot of people who are saying, you know, I've heard it from nine sources. And when I say, Hey, go ahead, send me a DM with those nine sources or whatever. Um, yeah. There's a solid source in there, but all nine of them heard it from the same place. Yeah. So that's single actually, source. That's, that's a single source. And hey, while we're on a topic, I know a guy who wrote a book about that. Uh, Safety Doc's been on our show a couple of times. Uh, oh, yeah. book, Velocity of Information. Talks about that. Um, that it's out you know, now, so you, you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's available on Amazon. When someone okay. tells you they've heard it from, from five sources, ask them for a link to those sources and then read them. And you'll find out that it's just like uh, Fallout Zone says, it's circular reporting. It's everyone reporting the same source. But if I heard it, then that's two sources. But no, that's only one source that you both heard. So, and I got uh, I got two things. One's one super two, quick, and two, then the other is Dietica brought up church. Two words. Two words. Two words. Snake Island. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Okay. Oh yeah. Dietica says this is the church from 2019. She pulled it from a Google view. And the second one that I want to bring up is everybody keeps wanting to bring up the word genocide, and I'm going to say this right now. Even if the worst of the worst of these accusations are true, that is not evidence of genocide. Correct. That is that is right. evidence of murder. Key. Let's 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 remember what a genocide is, folks. That's uh, this does that, that's not the definition. That's, uh, we 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 like to use emotionally charged words, and that's one of the biggest of well, them. And and this and this gets back to, and this is kind of a, a separate line of discussion. But let me let me hit Greg's. Uh, uh, chat here real quick uh, i'd say the massacres are very convenient and i hope uh that the massacres are not done to drum up a war effort like the belgians saying the russians play lacrosse with babies and bayonets yeah i mean so there that kind of leans into uh you know yeah and he he kind of goes on to say down here what, what's gonna ha what's gonna happen unfortunately because uh, i don't want massacres to happen yeah i'm with you right there greg go ahead mike yeah, what's going to happen if, unfortunately, um, substitute the word uh, uh, WMD for genocide is kind of the route we're going down right now. Um, and I, li I like that term, and, and, and the dogs do too. Uh, you know, emotional narrative. It's, it's, that's exactly correct. Um, yeah, yeah. This the genocide would be the the Iraq WMD of this conflict. Exactly, you know, no and, and 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 I think what Watcher was driving, or 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 Scott, 
yes, you know, quote evidence today at its at its state of clarity that we have is is going to be that's enough. You know, let's go forward with you know our decision making process. Uh, three years from now, there actually will be real evidence. It's like, well, you know, that really wasn't. You know, it doesn't meet the threshold of quote genocide or whatever. So, you know, we're going down a road, and and now we're on the ride. So mm-hmm. it's it's quite unfortunate. And the other the other thing I'd ask people to keep in mind, um, and I, I'm probably going to get. Uh, some of you folks are going to get hunch fired up on this, no doubt. But uh, this is this is a Slavic civil war. Let's keep that in mind. I think you should view this through that lens first and foremost, and that it is a Slavic civil war because that's how Putin views it, and and you should should understand that. And and civil wars are nasty, dirty, even more so, um, the sort of conflicts. So. Am I happy about this or the reports of this? Absolutely not. But I think I think you have to keep some level of perspective and and also sort of understand that the Ukrainian media offensive has been effective so far. Um, and I think they're they're going to double down now and 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 in terms of trying to gin up a response from Western Europe, which won't, uh, and then ultimately us. So. Um... So, and I'm going to use this to kind of segue into the next part of that, which is what we've all been kind of hinting around to. So what's the goal to say that the West can't save you? So I think that's exactly what, I think that's exactly what people like Klitschko, when he went in, if actually, if you can find Klitschko's speech, he did it in English. So that would be worth, because this is, this is the messaging. Um, This is the messaging we're going to hear throughout the week from, Probably a little more refinement and a little more officious versions of this, but I think ultimately this is the emotional. Now I don't blame him. I mean, if I if I went into a if I as an American went into the a town north of the city that I've been in, uh, and I saw the things that this guy is seeing, I would be incensed. I would want I'd want blood too, right? I mean, um, you know, hopefully I would be more me- I would be measured in how I went about trying to. Extract extract that but you know to say um your country you dead versions of your countrymen are you know so let's hear what he has to say i mean i'm in the city um, of Bucha, and it's also the capital what happened here and everywhere in ukraine what is happening this is not special operation this is not military objects this is civilians the I don't want to get us pinged. What, what do you think? Uh, it's it's fine. Go for it. Shot in yeah. the head. It's newsworthy. Behind their back. This is genocide of the Ukrainian population. And that's exactly what Russian regime, Putin's regime, Russian army is doing. Killing the civilians with the tight hands behind their back and with a shot in their heads. I, I have a question. He's the mayor, right? Of yeah. Kiev, not of this Kiev, city. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Never mind. I thought he was the local mayor. No, no, here. Let me pull the map. How come again. he's not among them if this really happened? So, uh, yeah, I'm not saying so... it didn't happen. Some, there are clearly some dead people there. Um, this is one of the outskirt. Uh, what, what would you call it? A suburb. Uh, yeah, it's or, a suburb. Yeah. Of Kiev. 
Um, a real quick anti-commy for five dollars. The goal is to solve conflict uh, and division within NATO. Um, we have a, a meat puppet press, so no leadership from military arm of NATO. I mean, so we've seen a lot of effort gone into, uh, you know, splitting, you know, and kind of causing division within NATO. I mean, this is this is nothing new, and this is something we've seen from day one with this. Uh, and this has been, you know, this is a, I don't believe this is a Ukrainian objective. I think it's a Russian objective. Um, well, and so. Two, though, I want to point out the, this, this this trend here, all these mayors wearing full combat gear and all that. This, this, this is, that part is staged. Those guys are not fighting. Right. Thank you. And, and they're making these slickly produced videos uh, to pull at the heartstrings to try and draw other people in. War sucks. Right. War completely sucks. But. This one has a has such an element of both sides playing the propaganda game so much that um, people are blindly accepting everything they see. Yeah, I, I fully believe the Russians are completely capable of doing what what happened, but not as an organized campaign. Individual guys losing control, doing dumb yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, small. Which if, again, people falls in line with what we said earlier. We've seen a trend of of disorganization and yes. undisciplined on a small unit level. Yeah. So, so real quick, just to kind of uh, straw man the Russian piece of this, right? It is not in the Russians' interest to leave behind, a, you know, all these dead civilian bodies. It is not in their interest. Now, I'm not. This is not me saying, oh, well, Putin didn't order this, or I, because I have no evidence of that. I'm just saying from a from a logical standpoint. Uh, clearly, it's not. You know, people you know, may do things all the time that aren't, aren't, aren't logical. So what are we seeing here? Well, like Joe said, I think probably the most likely explanation is it goes back to that trend of indiscipline that I said, we've seen it from day one and indiscipline. Uh, when you see a lot of your buddies killed, which uh, all these Russian units have taken heavy casualties, um, it gets very easy then to pull the trigger on civilians that that are, you know, you find one with a Ukrainian pen flag on and that's a very easy, you know, target for your aggression. And it's, you know, it's a quick burst of your your AK uh, and then you're done and, you know, and it and you feel better about it. Right. And so, it, you know, the, we saw it, the, we saw this happen to the Nazi army. The 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 Wehrmacht was a highly professional uh, and and. And, and probably the best military in all of uh, Europe at the time of the beginning of, of the war. That being said, it became one of the most murderous ones. The Russians became murderous as well. I mean, the Eastern Front was, was horrifying. The levels of atrocities between the two tactical elements, uh, and, op and the, at, even at the operational level, um, especially on the Soviet side, will never go fully uh, documented because, you know, well, the, the victors... The, the, the victors get to write the histories, right? And and how many Ukrainians were at the forefront of that? Well, I mean, just in the late '30s. I mean, you you that was a genocide. Uh, you know, you can make a, a a very good case that the Holodomor was a was an example of. of oh, genocide. absolutely. I I would and absolutely it, say that. So anyway, I mean, I, we're not trying to you know stoke any kind of emotional response here. Um, I just want to make sure that you know. You know, we bring the information to you guys about this, what we're seeing here, and 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 try to make sense of it. Because I'll be honest with you, I can't make sense of it. Um, you know, and like Joe yeah. said, until until we know, we don't know exactly what happened. Uh, and the and truth we, is, we're probably never going to know exactly. 100%. And because 
I, I, I really think a lot of times these narratives take on a life of their own. And sometimes uh, yeah. knowing the truth actually becomes dangerous to the people and the agenda. Here's the thing. I, I completely believe that the Russians killed a bunch of civilians there. But I also completely believe that as Ukrainian security services came out and somebody said, those guys are the Russian collaborators. They helped the Russians. I also completely believe the Ukrainians are capable of having shot. Oh, I mean, look what well, happened I, in France after uh, the Russian uh, after yeah. the Germans left. Well, we don't even have to go that far back. I, I I don't remember what episode it was on, but I know that I've shown this video where we we have video of somebody pointing a camera down during the early days of of them calling out the militias, and some poor guy just driving home, getting accused of being a Russian collaborator, and getting pulled out of his car and shot on the side of the road. I mean. Well, it's happened. We've seen yeah. it happen. So Hunch here makes a good point, and this is one that we've talked about and goes to uh, Stan's point about, you know, Slavic Civil War. The Reds and the Whites in the 20s was horrible. It I was think the North Koreans was, are coming for Scott again. It's because it was a uh, it was because it was Civil War. What, why is that? What, what I that? think that might have been you, Joe. He was pretty smooth for me. Oh, okay. All right. It's possible. Hey, now. Oh, look who's in the chat. Safety Doc, welcome. We've already hey, uh, yes, Safety Doc. We already did this. We, we, are, we have we were already we're gonna we're definitely gonna throw in the link. Uh uh we'll, we'll put the link right in now. the uh, description and then uh, yeah, definitely. This there's a good palette cleanser from this topic because man, this is you know, nobody <laughs> likes to see death and destruction. Well, and, but then we're gonna go right back this into this book one. It's literally about how to deal with things like that. So yeah, it, and I hate to say it, you know, because when you see horrible things, whether it's, you know, domestic crimes here in the States uh, or it's stuff like what we're seeing in Ukraine, sometimes you have to take a step back and take your feelings out of it to, to try to make sense of it. Um, oh, that being hey, said, Alan brings up a good point as well. We're taking ourselves out of it. Let's let's uh, remember that we've got 100 viewers right now and only 57 likes, folks. So if you would uh please descend upon that like button in mass like alfred hitchcock's the birds scott is always smooth to see somebody appreciates my greatness i i, I don't know if that's what that meant but okay <laughs> <laughs> hey man i i'll i'll take it i'll take it as i can get it and i i just can't help but meme myself but uh these two must have been caught in the act of making a, a baby bmp Yes. Well, actually, that would be an interracial relationship because the other one's a B, uh, BM, uh, BMD and the, oh. uh, and the BTR is humping well, the yeah. BMD. Homo, it was sapiens the, Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. It's kind of what that's good. <laughs> yeah. It was you know, established in reference dominant. to Karen's thing you just had up there. Yeah. Uh, I posted a photo yesterday taken inside a Dayton, Ohio Culver's restaurant where they had the Ukrainian flag on display. No American flag. But a Ukrainian flag. I'll see uh, oh yeah, I yeah I, I I I found some irony there. Well, it's it, and it, it it is part of um, this. Would it'd be good to have Dustin on this with his psyop background? But I mean, it's 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 part of the emotional uh, manipulation, virtue signaling. It's that same dopamine hit you get on Twitter or Facebook or anything else, and that is. I'm on the right side of whatever the issue is because mm -hmm. I, you know, the local Culver uh, franchise manager stuck a Ukrainian flag in the restaurant, and 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 so everybody needs to count to ten before they make any decision about any of this stuff, and 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 
and realize that you're being pushed into a narrative flow that is out of sorts with what the reality is on the ground. As well, the robots once said, there's a war going on for your mind. The the other thing that's kind of interesting is that I, I actually get it. The whole Ukrainian kind of support thing, I get that more than I get a lot of the stuff that we see in domestic politics, right? Yes. You know, because, you know, with if, you know, I let's say I'm the, the manager or owner of that diner, right? And I've got my diner going and I've got people working there and I've got my regular crowd that comes through. And, and Cindy, the, you know, the librarian who always comes in for lunch every day says, oh, you know, have you heard about what's going on in Ukraine? Well, no, I don't know anything about that. You know, well, it, oh, it's just terrible. Russia has invaded Ukraine. And they're killing all these civilians. It's really just terrible, you know. Uh, and and then the next day she says, I thought about you. I thought you're such a, you know, your store is such a, a big part. I thought maybe you'd want to show some support for Ukraine. Oh, well, sure. I, You know, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, the guy doesn't know anything about Ukraine, but yet he's willing to show support because somebody he trusts tells him, that's a it's an important cause right and then maybe he's heard some other people talking about it since she mentions it so that's how you get a ukrainian flag potentially you know it's not because the you know there's any kind of real virtue signaling it's just kind of like a go along to get along kind of attitude kind of like i think stan what you were kind of getting at that you know but you know the other side of that is is we see the exact same stuff happening in domestic politics. But the problem is is yeah. in domestic politics they affect you directly. Like these are things that that people eat, breathe, and sleep, and they're still snowed in by deceptive media or deceptive marketing campaigns. Um, you know, so I mean it's it, it's it's not surprising. What are we looking at here? Oh, this just is a, the just just a fun palate cleanser. This was a Ukrainian oh, yes, this... aircraft that flew low enough it took out of it, it yeah. got a, a roadside was, stuck in its engine. Yeah, this was a training event. I think it was a maybe like 2019 or something like that. They were practicing taking off and landing on roadways. <laughs> just uh, just fun. There's been I I will say there's been some really neat interviews with the Ukrainian pilots that are operating. Um, in and around the the area, just kind of some of the lessons learned that they got from NATO from training with NATO pilots in the last five or so years, um, and how that's given them an edge in certain ways based on you know because NATO just does things very differently than than what you know the Russian tradition for um, for fighter pilots. So it's definitely a you know, kind of an interesting way to see how some of the Western training actually is paying off in a lot of ways. What the hell is this? Russian soldiers after retreating. From... <laughs> That's funny. I, I thought maybe they this, the joke originally was that be, they became uh, fed plants, you know. <laughs> this, but at a first glance at the meme page, that's what I thought it was, too. But no, it's even better. Um so I, I think it's probably time to move on into the, the next topic that we had set up and I'll just cue this video up. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna let I'm just gonna let Watcher run the show from now on. Right? Oh I'm sorry. I just no no uh, I'm just <laughs> it's fine. I was gonna really say the same thing. So uh basically uh, Red Bear got an interview uh for Fox News with Zelensky and I'm just gonna let the clip speak for itself, I think. Uh and we'll talk about it after. Here we go. 
I want to have have you clear something up for us, uh, and this is these reports about the Azov Battalion that is said to be Nazi-affiliated organization operating as a militia in your country, uh, said to be committing their own atrocities. What should Americans know about that unit, about those reports? All right, push pause, push pause. Dylan for four ninety nine euros. That's more than five dollars. So definitely, we'll take that. Um, men have been dying for America, and it's time for the women to step up. We need more women in frontline combat roles to achieve equality and casualties. I so here's my thought: is that if you know if, <laughs> if, if you lose all your women in war, um, then uh, you take the other side's women. That's e what you do. Equal well, rights and equal lefts. Is that what you're saying there, Dylan? Well, the, the the problem the problem is is you're going to have uh, the trans soldiers take their take their place and so all the best women in combat will be men. We're going to see an increase in, in trans women here pretty soon when a draft happens and everyone suddenly is a trans woman. Every uh, like eighteen yeah, to twenty five year old male is trans, and, and the military I, will say, "Great, we'll pay for your transition. Just make it through boot camp." Well, you know, the I, I'm I'm here to tell you that uh, that as soon as there is an actual draft, they will get get the girls uh, roped in, and and you're going to see the 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 180 of the feminist revolution occur. That the fifth wave <laughs> feminism will be a return to second wave feminism. You, uh, you want <laughs> you read my timeline? I see because <laughs> no, I had I'm some just, friends. I had so, some friends literally discussing that how how that's the only next move. To, to bring us back to this, I want you to restart the video because you have to kind of get the whole thing in. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I apologize. But, you know, okay. I, that is the rule, $5, and, and you get to jump right in. I, I just have to finish up my last thought, which is, gentlemen, if that happens, you do realize that there will officially be a standard issue uh, military vagina. Yes? Yes. No? Yeah. Okay. I want it's a family, have, it's have a family show. Something up for it us. will only uh, work at the time. This is these reports. It's military grade. <laughs> exactly joe which means it'll only work half the time <laughs> i want to have have you clear something up for us uh, and this is these reports about the azov battalion that is said to be nazi affiliated organization operating as a militia in your country uh, said to be committing their own atrocities what should americans know about that unit about those reports so azov was one of those many battalions they are what they are. They were defending our country. And later, I want to explain to you. Everything uh, from uh, all the components of those volunteer battalions later uh, were um, incorporated into the, the military of Ukraine. I want to have, have you clear. So there you have it. He knows who they are, and I'll let Joe take it from there. Well, you know, I'm just letting the man speak for himself. He, the right answer there was to say, no, they're not. And because he didn't, that kind of tells you, yeah, they are. And, and I get it. We've had this argument time and time again. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but that's just absolutely not true. Uh, I, I cannot, if, if, if you told me that I also have some Chechens fighting on my side, I would tell you absolutely not. I cannot, I cannot with my morality stand next to them. Same thing with the Nazis. Absolutely cannot, cannot fight side by side with them. Not going to happen. But that's just me. 
Yeah, I mean, it goes back to you know what we were talking about before the show, the Faustian bargain. You know, it's kind of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, they have good intentions to you know, working with these guys, and hey, we'll fix, we'll solve this problem when we have the luxury to solve this problem. But I, I think you know, I think that they're going to find that that this is going to become a bigger problem. Uh, well, they've had the luxury to solve the problem. Let's just let's just kill that 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 yeah. sacred cow right now. Um, yes, oh, eight, been eight years. years of war. Absolutely, eight years. Oh, There's been eight years of war, but it's been it's static, longer, much, right? Much longer than that. They had the opportunity to say, swap out that 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 patch, transfer, switch the guys around, move the leadership to different units, do whatever you got to do, but put an end to this nonsense. And Anti-Kami all did, for $5 says, preach Joe the truth. Continue, Joe. But, but here's the thing. He gave Putin an excuse, and he's giving Putin the evidence to, to go before the world and say, see, look, I was right. Why play into Vladimir Putin's hand? That's the whole thing. Well, I, I'm not a big Oliver Stone fan, but you guys go on YouTube or Rumble or whatever. And yeah, watch he nails the, it in that, that. Watch watch that film, Ukraine on Fire. And and you'll see that this is endemic, has been endemic in in Western Ukraine since the it, Second World War. It's not, it's not just a bandera. And, it's, and, it's an it's not just Western Ukraine though. It's it's the Slavic world writ large. I mean, you know, Poland has problems with this even, and they're the country that probably has the least reason to venerate the you know the fascists. So you know, it's just really interesting, like this kind of problem that's endemic to you know Russians. We've already talked about the Wagner Group. No need for us to talk about those people any further. I mean, the name itself is because. Wagner was Hitler's favorite composer, um, you know, and you've seen it in some places like Hungary and, you know, some of these other countries where there is a strong uh, right of center uh, nationalist, uh, you know, movements. And some of them aren't like, like explicitly neo-Nazi. Some of them are just, you know, well, nationalist here's, conservatives. Here's a pushback I keep getting. And I even got this, uh, got this from a friend over the weekend who who is Ukrainian that, well, those aren't specifically Nazi emblems. They're also they're also Norse runes. Well, let me just tell you, there's not a lot of Norse tradition in the Ukraine. Okay, yeah. so to, to, to mean, even say that it, it is uh, is what about well, ism, right? It's, and I, it, it, it it is what about ism, but to be but to be tactically accurate, uh, Kiev was a was a Viking creation. 980 so i well so i want to put to rest because this is this one particularly right here and we were talking about it before the show this particular emblem was taken from the ss and yes the ss did take this emblem from other cultures but the problem is this specific design of that is an alteration from the original design that only the ss uses yeah, and and right. you know, here's here I, I mentioned this earlier in the war, and, and it's worth mentioning because there's a lot of people, whether it's the kids, you know, that you see at the Azov uh, youth camp, you know, those kids don't know what they're doing; they're just doing what their parents tell them to do, and that's how hatred, you know, gets grown in any community, right? Um, it's handed down from one generation to another. Um, yeah, but there are a lot of there are a lot of regular Ukrainians that are just doing their business, right? And they see the success of Azov and they see, you know, oh, those guys are elite. Those guys are cool. You know, uh, that's a cool, that's a cool looking symbol, right? You know, they don't, they're not Nazis. They don't know anything about that stuff. 
Um, you know, because they're not in a group that would be offended particularly by uh, Azov outside of just like moral people like we are, um, you know, there is an ignorance factor built into some of these symbols and how they can spread around. Um, but at some point as a society, you have to determine what is OK in our society and what isn't. Well, and it gets back to Joe's point of like, you know, an, you know, somebody who has the beliefs of a Nazi is ultimately a Nazi. Well, but hey, let's game this out. Let's say that we can't get let's say that we can't get rid of them. Right. And let, let, let's say, hey, we have to have these bodies in there fighting. How do we do this? Well, you you get rid of this emblem, you break up this unit, and you send those guys into other units where they're and, where you're not specifically glorifying this thing. Never and you ban that. the key le- and you ban the key leaders from national service. You know, hey watcher, I just sent a message in there. I dropped a message into the CFC chat. I, I need you to pull that drop image up and drop it in here. I'm because I'm going to make a point real quick. Okay, I'm pulling it up. It, it it drops me out when I download stuff. So give me a second. Okay, so. I just, uh, I found, I just, just in seconds, went and found a logo of an American neo-Nazi group called the Christian Identity. Terrible people, horrible. They have absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. But this is their, this is their logo. Does that look familiar? Have you seen it before? Have you seen it on a Ukrainian military patch? (laughs) You can tell me all you want that it's not a neo-Nazi symbol. Just neo Nazis are using it all over the world. Now, Joe, hey, you say this, this hey, hey, Joe, I'm not seeing it. You're not seeing it? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's because you don't want to see it. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, is Christian identity, you can't even argue that, oh, that's a cross, right? Well, it's not a cross, it's actually a sword. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you people can make these claims all they want, but it's so easily disproven that, that, that it troubles me that people intellectually think they're making some sort of a point so anyway i just wanted to share that uh no i think these are these these points are well made joe and and, I, and, and it's and I worth wanna, bringing up and i just want to comment on this how did we go less than a month ago from this to this oh no here in detroit over the weekend there's a donald trump rally and there's a news story about the people camped out along his parade route and people started, oh, my God, they're Nazis. Oh, okay. So you can see these Nazis who have no Nazi flags, no Nazi symbolism. But you can't see these Nazis who are literally wearing two, not one, two Nazi symbols on their uniform. You can't see them. And again, I would be a thousand percent behind the Ukrainian cause if they had just dealt with this and put an end to it. Um, it raises a question. So... 115 people watching live. Thank you very much for jumping in. Uh, you guys caught it just in time to get, get Joe's best uh, take of the show, I think. Um, just and- in case anybody was curious who this dude is, I, I displayed it before. This is the weird Nazi <laughs> who ran around beating people with a rubber dick. Yeah, he's he's actually the battalion. Is he the battalion commander or is he like a staff? He's like a staff officer or something, I think, maybe of the Azov. Um, but I think he actually might be a key leader. Um, yeah, he's definitely but... a staff officer. <laughs> Look at that boots. <laughs> I know, right? He's got his Timberlands on. <laughs> All right. We don't need to sh- show that watcher. No, 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 no. Family show, man. Those, those are buff Timberlands. <laughs> so, welcome. 
<laughs> Jack Murphy, Jack Murphy disciples. Huh? As, as soon as you bring the rubber, the, the <laughs> on, then you start losing, you start losing viewers. So to the eight, 118 people now who are here, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, you know, definitely, like I said, you just heard one of the best takes of the show. Joe's spot on. Um, you know, we all have, you know, the one thing that would at least be honest and is that, you know, if, if people were to at least acknowledge what they are and say, listen, it's worth, you know, I'm will, I'm willing to make the Faustian bargain in order to defeat the Russians because I think the Russians are worse. I mean, if you were to say that, at least that's an acknowledgement. I mean, that's if I were to give a defense of, of, of Zelensky here, it's, it's like if he lied and said he didn't know they're Nazis or that, oh, no, they're not Nazis. If he said that, I would actually have less respect for him. Um, because that's just a he already knows, and b he was willing to lie to to Brett Bear straight in the face. At least he's copping to the fact that yeah, we're we're using it's the devil we know versus the devil we don't know type thing. But the problem is, is that um, and this is where I start to slide to you know personally side more on Joe's argument is that they've had these guys around for eight years. They could have done something with them. They didn't do anything with them. I think it has to do with the fact that there is a weird kind of bargain uh, in Ukraine, it, you know, with money and power and the people, you know, Stan, we've talked about this on more than one occasion about the money and the and the politics behind the throne in Ukraine. Um, and that's, you know, one of the, the big benefactors of the Azov battalion has been a Jewish oligarch, you know. So, I mean, this is a, a strange mix of bedfellows. And it has less to do about identity uh, and and ideology, and it has way more to do about power uh, within Ukraine. Yeah. It's Chinatown, Jake. I mean, that's you know, it's it's just that it's it's inexplicable what goes on in Ukraine to one degree or another. So um, I just was watching uh, uh, Brandon stumbling around, reiterating his his uh, his call his his decision that uh, Putin is a war criminal because. Vladimir Putin was in Bucha, and he was personally personally responsible for that. So, anyhow, uh, Anticover two dollars says an action quote comes to mind. Uh, curious which quote that is. You don't have to pay to tell us the rest of the quote, but I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not tracking. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, we're back to 120. Uh, you know, now that Watcher has taken uh, the offensive material off well, they, uh, and put a more funny meme on, I am once again. So, so let me support. let me let me build on Joe's point for just a minute because it gets to what my key concern is about this entire conflict, and that is if we're willing to, if we're willing to condemn or censor or upbraid Zelensky for knowingly incorporating Nazi battalions into, into the Ukrainian armed forces, then, then how many American soldiers are we willing to have go get killed for the Ukrainian government in, in the context of some half-assed Article 5 action or whatever else goes on? This just makes my, my sort of in, enduring point about this conflict. This is Europe's problem. This is not the United States problem. This is not, not our pig, not our it's farm. Not, look, look, and you guys heard me say this earlier in the in the private chat. In my estimation, European civilization peaked in 1900. 
And the United States, for whatever reason, has been taking the responsibility to hold it together. We've saved it twice, 1917, 1941, and then then propped it up for another 80 years thereafter. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. So if, 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 if you look at there's a... There's a pie chart watcher somewhere in there that we've uh, we've used before. Seventy-two percent of the of the NATO funding comes from the United States. Seventy-two yeah. percent, right? So Trump had a point there. I don't want to see American soldiers die in the Third World War on European ground because I don't think they've earned the right to call that option under Article Five for us to go bail them out yet again, and further. In a, in a country that's $30 trillion in debt, Jamie Dimon this morning comes out in his letter to shareholders at J.P. Morgan calling for a Marshall Plan, and we all know what the Marshall Plan was, a Marshall Plan on European energy so that we can sell overpriced LNG to a continent that is irresponsible with respect to meeting its own energy needs. Thanks, but no thanks. The, you know, Stan, the interesting thing about the idea of a Marshall Plan for Europe is the implication is that because the, the Europeans can't do it for themselves. Then 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 it's Darwinism this is really what we're saying. It's Darwinism. Right. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'd, I'd like to put um, I agree with Stan. Now, I'm going to throw this on its head just a bit. You know, the Marshall Plan. Uh, and th- this is what we do. We, we, we just... We, we vacillate so much and we go from one extreme to the other effortlessly and, and pointlessly. But let's take his idea, you know, a Marshall Plan, you know, energy resource fill in the blank, it, but, but move it to a place that has some value. Um, you know, the, the value of the economic value of, of Europe to me is uh, minimal. Um, and clearly the, the, the world seems to be focused on the Asian piece of the world. And, 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 and what I'm going to say is, you know, we're a little too late, but this great idea of a Marshall plan, why don't we do that in Africa? Well, with, with, with the, with the specific idea of we're going to extract stuff out of, out of Africa that, that are value and turn it into some kind of product. Mike, Again. anti anti commie for five dollars agrees with you. He, I'm down for a Marshall Plan. F Europe. Let's turn south and fix that uh, s hole uh, south of the border. Right. I mean, I think that's what he's implying. But I mean, that that's there's something to be said there. Right? I mean, so what happens if if you know we we declare the cartels a threat to national security and we can tell the the government you know, Mexico, hey, we're going to come in and fix your problem whether you help us or not. Uh, and then we then fix their problem for them. And right. then we also fix our own problem this, by this making is, sure the border. This wall is all is rational thought. And go to go back to Stan's point, and I think you have to trademark this, um, Stan, emotional narrative. You know, and here we are getting, in, you know, getting involved with a with a big uh, a valid, you know, a valid capitalist big brain guy who's going to give credence to this. Uh, a strategy of a Marshall plan, but again, it's, it's misplaced. That's, that's all the, my point is. And the, and the comment was, you know, well, hell let's do that in South America. Let's, let's do that somewhere where we might get something out of, uh, out well, of, we're, we're, we're late. 
the Chinese are yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. I mean, it, it's a daily and a dollar short. It's a good idea, but well, you know, there was a comment. Go. Somebody made the comment about J.P. Morgan underwriting the bonds. Don't take that lightly. Um, <laughs> that there is there that's is why I huge, posted it. There there is a huge incentive there for the London operation of J.P. Morgan to underwrite whatever it is that 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 gets done as it relates to this, and and all of the misplaced uh, investment in terms of in terms of creating LNG terminals. Uh, in Europe, I mean, how, how are you supposed to defend, or protect, or rebuild the energy infrastructure for a country like Germany that willfully, without any safety concerns or any other operational issues, willfully is decommissioning six nuclear power plants? How am I supposed even, to help those people? Even now that we know that that is known Russian propaganda, since this conflict started, it's come out that. Yes, guaranteed. We have we have the papers in hand. Like I don't have them here, but the reporter that did it did that. Russia has been funding the U.S. green movement and trying to drive it ever more extreme as a means to destroy domestic energy production all over the West. Well, and the well, uh, the other ironic me... piece of the German the Germany question is <laughs> the German question um, is that they have <laughs> these six power plants that they could basically say, oh, well, we see what Russia's doing now. We need to halt, you know, decommissioning of these and actually, you There's know, still hot fuel. Back. Right, they could do that right now, but they they won't they won't do that. That's because that's because the Green Party is the swing coalition partner. In the German part, in the German Parliament, and they're just they not going to allow that to happen. They they need to take the Green Party out into the Minecraft world and shove them into some lava. Well, and, and I'm just going to comment on something in the chat with Jedi Master. This Jedi Master says China's spinning their wheels in Africa. They can't be fixed. The Chinese have no intention of fixing, fixing Africa. Yeah. No, they they're not act, fixing anything. They're buying it. Yeah, this is buying this Africa. Is, this is mercantilism 2.0. And and there right. it is an extractive industry. And I keep meaning to bring this up every time we talk about China, but if you want to understand exactly what China's doing, go read a book. They published it themselves. They're not shy about it. It's called uh um oh goodness, let me pull it up here. Um I can never remember it. No, it's 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 it's, it's, it's called Total War, but that's not actually the name of it. It's I know what you're talking about. Yeah. While, while Unrestricted you're... warfare. While while you yeah, and and <laughs> you can find yeah, an American this... translation on on Amazon. It's it was published fairly recently. I think you uh, can actually download a free PDF off the internet pretty easily. Yep, it's uh it, it, it step by step exactly how they're doing it both here and in every other country that exists. How how they're waging asymmetrical warfare on every single level in their own words. Well, Sun Tzu wasn't Irish, was he? Right. So I mean. There's a long history here of the playbook that is at work. So, well, the the ironic thing is, is that they don't they don't look at they don't have a, a Western view of imperialism, though, right? You know, China is not that interested in going other places and taking them over. They just want to they do want what they, they well, and they want to bring it all back to the home country and to build up their home country. They're, they and then they salami slice outward you know you know they they continuously just kind of you know reverse onion peeling right you know they build up new new salami slices and and china slowly you know grows and gets bigger yeah let me let me take the conversation back to this this energy issue in europe 
because we'll we'll we did China Saturday. We'll do China again in the future. But the point is, is that I, I just don't see. I just don't see the the role for the United States to have to rebuild the energy infrastructure, although the Biden administration and Pete Buttigieg probably are all about this at this juncture, that that we rebuild the the European energy infrastructure into some sort of marquee demonstration project for 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 whatever it is that they think is is an energy template. It it will be a disaster, um, and and we will spend trillions of dollars feeding that narrative to knowing. Uh, just real quick, uh, Diatica says we have 115 watching, now 118, and only 94 likes. Please hit the like button, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. I will actually echo that. Um, you know, Definitely, I'm seeing some new names in the chat. That's always good, seeing new people ju- jumping in the chat. The chat is you know, the best part of the show. You guys may come t- for us, but we come to hear what you guys had to say. Um, a lot, but, of, but, lot of wisdom in the chat. I, I wanted so I just saw that all the marbles, and we won't sell to them in all caps in, in the chat. I, I'm assuming what you mean by that is we won't sell LNG to Europe. Uh, is my, I, I'm guessing that's what you mean. China. China. So that, I, I don't know if it's so. He says China bought Smithfield, and we won't sell to them. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I I'm not tracking with that. With <coughs> Um, I, 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 you know, the, 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 rebuilding of infrastructure, say these LNG terminals and everything that goes with it. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I, I can see us spending a ton of money doing that and then us not selling them LNG. I mean, I, yeah. I can see that. I can actually see that. That's mm-hmm. the thing we do. And then we wonder why our head is firmly up our ass when we wake up every morning. At least I do. So, um, uh, again, Jamie Dimon, great idea, probably the wrong place. And it kind of goes back to what Joe was saying, I think we did it a week ago. Um, you know, our support to you, Mr. Zelensky, is conditional. Oh, by the way, just a point, you know, a single point is this Azov battalion. Dude, you want our support, you want our javelins, you want our whatever. It, just change the fucking patch. You know, let's start there. You know, you can yeah. start with you can do the culture I'll, thing later on. Yada yada yada. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I think if we had somebody like a Trump in office, he'd tell them to take those guys out back and put a, well, put I mean, a it's, bullet it, in their it, head, it, it, and then it, and then we can all be friends. This isn't yeah. uh, it's, so, it's not rocket science. So, so oops, here, here's oops, they to, slipped into friendly fire to uh, to Mayfield uh, Jukes. We've been working on a model. I had a conversation with Javier Goya last week about this. Um, we've been trying to come up with a rationale for the cost of LNG delivered into pick your spot, Rotterdam or whatever. Um, and, and we can't make the numbers work, guys. Not relative to the cost of gas piped through Yamal or Nord Stream 1 or Nord Stream 2. So, so recognize that what we're committing to in the, in the notion of saying we're going to supplant Russian gas in Europe with LNG, is we are committing to a 100-year uneconomic exercise. And, and the last time that you saw that, it was called the Soviet Union, and it made it about 75 years. And then it collapsed. So it's just, it, it makes no sense. Hey, hey uh, uh, Stan, um, 
on, on that point, I just want to make one. I'm sniveling here uh, for the plot for the purpose of the plot in a couple of books. Nord Stream is is important. And as a matter of fact, that green map you have right there is in one of the books. Uh, so so be kind if you ever read it, Stan. Uh, uh, I am not trying to make it a, an economic dissertation uh, because even when I wrote it, I was like, you know, there's just probably a reason why uh, Germany has made this deal with uh, Russia. There's no uh, fiscally um, responsible way to receive natural gas from the United States of America um, at the same kind of cost uh, as what they can get piped across dry land um it, it no, just can't right. be done that, that, yeah that's my point yeah. and so so wait a minute so here's what i want you to think about in this context we have spent 80 years subsidizing europeans defense expenses to the tune of trillions of dollars Eighty thousand troops on the ground in europe still there may get sucked into another maelstrom and now what jamie diamond and others of his ilk want us to do is to commit to another hundred year program of subsidizing European energy costs. Why? How is that in America's interest? It, I mean, so I think the easy answer to that is it's not in America's interest. That's one of the problems. You know, we have this, you know, the way, you know, the people in Eastern Europe have a have a problem letting go of the Nazi stuff. We have a trouble letting go of, of we loving the in Europeans Europe. too much. Yeah. Um, you know, the Europe is not, crazy because they hate us. The Europe is not a national interest for us. All right. Hold on a second. We got a, a wise man here has just donated uh, five dollars to the channel. Uh, Hunch says uh, Azov isn't a battalion anymore. They're they're much bigger. Um, this gaslight needs to stop. They are becoming Republican guards. That's true. That is correct. Um, I believe they have. Republican. They are Praetorian, not Republican. With all, right. that, so, all that that entails. Yes. So the the uh, the report was that there was up to a thousand members of the Azov in Mariupol. Um, let me just let you know, an, an infantry battalion, a light infantry battalion, uh, or maybe mechanized infantry battalion, um, including all the support uh, people in the U.S. Army is between uh, 600 and 1,000 people. Um, I guarantee they don't have the T O and E that that uh, the U.S. military, uh, you know, a light infantry battalion is something along the lines of 400 to 500 people. So there are two other battalions that I'm aware of that that have been raised outside of the Mariupol area. Well, yeah, and they that, actually perform some police functions in Kharkiv. So and, and, and so and so this is the reason why I have constantly referred to you see in the news that it's always Azov Battalion. I've always said the Azov Brigade, right? Because yes. that's really what they are. They are a multi-battalion brigade, right? Now I think they use regiments and things like that over there. Um, but but the point is made is that these guys are are way more than just uh Oh, and Shark coming over the top with the $5. America has been abusive, daddy obsession. We want Europe to love us, but every time we do anything, uh, we get face slap and are told we aren't doing enough. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, no, I mean, so I'll go back and just kind of to my old saw about national interest, right? One of the things that we need to have is a revitalization of, of, uh, 
the inter the the international policy, uh, foreign policy of the United States, and it needs to be tied directly to our national interests. Now, I understand the emotional arguments. I understand them. I just don't believe that um, we should fall for emotional arguments. Um, you know, for instance, so. I would say to you, if if Russia attacked a NATO country, then we would be obligated to step in and, and fulfill our part as an as NATO, assuming that there's nothing untoward, you know, like a false flag or some other kind of a trickery, you know, fuckery afoot, right? Um, but that said, if you're going to go on the offense and do something as like a moral crusade to stop, you know, atrocities or things like that, it's got to be led by the French or the Germans or the Polish. You know, if the Poles want to go through there. Yeah. I mean, if you guys need us to send you some stuff, no problem. We can we can lend lease stuff all day long to our allies who who want to take on a moral enemy. But we don't need to be sending any of our uh, our uh, blood over there to die for this stuff. You know, we'll we'll be we'll stick we'll we'll stay behind in your country and help defend the the NATO lines uh, while you guys go in and you and you clear out. Yeah, Ukraine that's the, that's another point like that. of Article Five that people frequently overlook is that is each ember each member shall respond as they see fit, right? And 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 the thing is, is that I think if 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 a Polish politician came to me and said. Hey, this is in our national interest to go into Ukraine and to def help defend them. If they said that, then okay, I wouldn't. I would say no. It's not in your national interest because that's up to Poland has to decide what their national interest is. It's just days like today where I should probably have a pop filter on. I'll talk about Poland's, you know. Um, but you know, th that's up to Poland to decide up what their national interest is. America's national interests are, as I and, and in this order should be the Western Hemisphere, Persian Gulf, and East Asia. Um, you know, the first two are geographically uh, important, and the third one is because China is continuously causing trouble. If China were to disappear tomorrow, then Asia would stop being a national interest for us. Uh, well, in if the CCP were to disappear tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. If, if you know... Even if China were to collapse economically, they would still cause quite a bit of trouble. But it you know, would be mostly focused inward. See, and I'd, yeah. I'd actually make the argument for flipping those, just because of how much trade area. Just because that the the the, the strait there is the the number one trade route in the world. I see declarations talking about Article Five in there, and I have it right here, actually, in my hand. Uh, each nation will assist the party or parties so attacked by taking forth with individually and in concert with the other parties. Such actions as it deems necessary. We're not obligated to actually commit troops even to a NATO country unless we deem it necessary. Okay, but this is where that emotional narrative will come to the fore again. Yeah. Right? We, we are 70% of expenditures and the, probably the majority of the troops on the ground, uh, certainly in Germany. Uh, and, and, and do you think that we're not, you know, it's, it's going to be judge Smales in, in Caddyshack. We're waiting. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to get sucked into this. There's no way around it. Well, I think we're going to get sucked into it already. At Article five, notwithstanding, right. Um, this, this, this Buka operation, whether it's real or not, I'm not going to argue that point. Yep. People died. Yep. Somebody shot some people they shouldn't have shot. Um, 
but they're going to use it as a reason to force other countries in and drag them in because it's making the rounds. I think you're absolutely um, right, Joe. I think I think you're going to see, like I said, this week, the, the theme of this week will be that Klitschko genocide narrative. You know, Russia is not just trying to take the country. They're actually trying to, you know, ex- liquidate or exterminate the, the Ukrainian people. And look, uh, people are using Klitschko and, and Zelensky, photogenic guys. They make great videos. Uh, it's very compelling. Can I bring up the inherent irony of the American press covering up the Holodomor and yet bringing this to the forefront and calling it a genocide? Because well, they still... Like, the Holodomor now. They're well, no, they, I, I haven't heard them mention it at all. I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk... Like, I'd, Oh, no, uh, it's just proof that the Russians have wanted to kill all the Ukrainians uh, ever since the 20s. I see. Well, to, to be clear, it was American press that covered up, still covered up to this day, got a Pulitzer right. for it, never got the Pulitzer taken away, never returned the Pulitzer. Nobody ever said anything negative about this whatsoever. No retractions. Stan, what were you going to say? Um, I, well, I, no, I don't want to go there. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to exercise discretion. We, we got time. No, no, I, I, I get it. I, th- I think there are certain topics we probably don't need to broach. Um, so anyway, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this kind of narrative about, and, and I think we're going to see a strong drive from these, the same people who were pushing for uh, the MIGs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then all the marbles is pushing $5 my way and saying, I'm tired of defending blue bloods in blue blood inbreds in the EU drill and mine and war and have a strict, no allies bilateral agreement policy, no alliances. I, I'm not, I am not there yet. Um, but I mean, I think we should reevaluate, uh, NATO and I think, you know, here's the thing, right? You know, one of the th- we missed our moment. The American moment was in like 1991, 1992. Russia was collapsing, crumbling from the inside, right? You know, and, and then they they put Yeltsin in charge. Um, he was, you know, very suggestible. Um, you know, so we were in a multipolar world. But what did we do? We decided to let all the feel good stuff take over. We focused on things like like Europe and and whatnot. Oh, any comedy for 10? Uh, You can't imagine the string of spicy words I hold back along this line of issues. Better men you are, especially Joe. Yeah, no. Yeah, Joe. uh, Joe, I know know he is. I, I think in a lot of ways we all are, you know, we all have our own issues that we feel very strongly about and, uh, and definitely, you know, all the marbles um <laughs> i hear you uh you know i i i, I feel you i feel your pain i'm exactly in the same same boat i guess uh yeah and, and that's why all the books that i've written it, that's kind of a main theme you know we have enemies that are trying to bury us we have to acknowledge that okay and then what are we going to do how do we fight that how do we counter that or, or do we just you know, acquiesce and say, okay, fine. Um, I And to go back to, I think, something uh, Stan alluded to earlier a week ago or something. However, comma, um, you know, our State Department is just not up to the task. 
I, I do think we ought to look right across the board of all the alliances that in which we are signed and all the treaties and everything and kind of reevaluate it and say, okay, let's, let's re-rack and stack all this stuff and bring it up to, you know, up to speed of the current status of whatever and where we think we want to go 20 years from now, you know, whatever. Well, uh, yeah, it's a huge, so huge, huge task. And we're just not, we're not prepared. I, I would recommend everybody go back and read George Washington's farewell address yes. and, 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 and where he 300 years ago ish, uh, where he warns against foreign entanglements, knowing about, you know, America's then sort of unique position being on a new continent, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a lot of that that still resonates today, but we choose to ignore it because we've got this messianic sort of uh, drive since 9192 that we're going to create this unipolar world. Okay. And, and do you guys remember the peace dividend that was sort of at the forefront of discussion around very well with with the Russian collapse? What did we do with the peace dividend? Do you guys remember what we did with that? we, We went into Haiti. You know, yeah. we went to you know Bosnia, Kosovo, yeah. big stuff. Oh. Well, you know the ironic the ironic thing about Haiti is is that is actually in our national interest if you think about it. Um, you know, and, when 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 countries well, get broken in the Western Hemisphere, we should actually fix those. Countries. And we cocked that up terribly. So oh, yeah, yeah we, took, we we subcontracted it to the Clinton Foundation. That was <laughs> exactly. problem number one. Uh, yep. So, but 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 so. Draw the line from Washington's farewell address to Madison's or to Monroe's uh, Monroe Doctrine, and and you still got a pretty good roadmap for foreign policy in the United States, and we ignore it. And and so at a future time in a future show, we need to talk about Title Forty Two being exterminated on May the twenty third, and what that's going to mean to Southern border security. Yeah, because that's the real issue facing this country. I I, I, I had mentioned that in the in the pre show. We should at least in passing just acknowledge and my my point was just just write that on on the on the calendar. Just write it down. And then, you know, six, eight, nine months, whatever, when something goes completely sideways and the administration says, well, you know, X, Y, Z happens. Well, it's because of Putin. You know, let's 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 go back to the calendar and say, hey, look at this title. You know, this this is the same kind of ideas, you know, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline as it correlates to energy security in the United States of America. Yeah. You know, rather than saying, oh, well, let's, that's because of Putin. That's because of the pandemic. And, and, you know, and, and, and there are people that are cognizant. These things are, and they're paying attention, but it gets buried. So. Yeah. Well, to Danielle's point in the chat, um, my issue is I'm not, I don't live in a fairy, in a fairyland world where there's no foreign entanglements, but I do live in a world where, having witnessed the nation building exercises that we've sort of uh, taken on starting in Haiti and moving on to Iraq and moving on to Afghanistan and moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. There's no reason for that stuff, guys. We, we, we need to be focused on the hemisphere in which we live primarily. Yes, we have an existential threat in, in Asia to our way of life in the Chinese, and we need to be mindful of that. But we don't need to take on everybody's problems at this juncture. That's my view. You can disagree with me. But we don't, you know, and and certainly not Europe 3.0. 
we we wouldn't even need to really worry. I mean, the Chinese would still be worrisome, but there wouldn't be nearly as much of a worry if we still had domestic chip manufacturing. Well, I mean, that's a different kind of line of of thinking. I mean, Chinese are going to be an issue no matter, you know, no matter what, just because they're a rising power. Agreed, Um, but it it wouldn't be so uh, apocalyptic. (laughs) um, You know, so kind of steer us. um, Let's make predictions for this week. About that. Yeah, I think I mean actually, you're you're kind of getting to where I was going with this. So, um, you know, so my prediction, you know, my prediction for this week is that that by Friday's show, and it'll be so. Real, this is a uh, yeah. So this is a good kind of segue to uh, plug Friday's show. Um, Joe, who who are we going to have on with us? Is We're going to have on uh, a very very close friend of mine named Yaroslav Hetman. And he is uh, from the Ukraine, came here when he was 10. His cousin is fighting just north of Kiev. Uh, and Yaro is, is kind of leading uh, some groups here. Uh, for the record, Yaro calls it Kiev. So, hey, I'm going to take my uh, solution there. Yaro is, is leading some some efforts here, some, uh, some protests uh, uh, to try and gin up some support to get weapons to the Ukraine. To assist them to win it. He does not support American troops there, but he does support weapons to help them fight their war, which that's something we've all agreed on is, is absolutely uh, a doable thing. Um, yeah. We also support some charities that are that are getting aid and help to the Ukrainian people. And we have all on this on this uh, council have agreed that our support is 100 percent behind the Ukrainian people. So we're going to give Yaro a voice. We're going to let him come on here and talk a little bit about his charity efforts, a little bit about uh, how his family is personally faring in this. And it's not it's not meant to be political at all. It's meant to be let's get a look at this from the eyes of the actual Ukrainian people, from someone who has a little better perspective than us. Um, now, he and I had some disagreements over the weekend about things, and, and I'm just not going to talk about those things on the show. Uh, but I think it's important that we show our viewers that, uh, the, those of you who think we're just a CIA uh, front up, uh, that we're going to show both sides of this conflict uh, and as objectively as we can. Right um, now, we'll still call a spade a spade and a shovel a shovel. But uh, we're, we're certainly going to give a voice to a guy. And, and if it helps his charity, that's great. But if not, I'll give you all a little more perspective on on the people in their struggle. So that's going to be a pretty good show. Didn't Joe? Didn't you get the memo? We're not the CIA shields anymore. We're now uh, cucks for Putin. Oh, uh, I forgot. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, and not that this is going to help our CIA shield thing, but let's go right into the Saturday show. Let's pimp that as well. Uh, Saturday, yeah. we're going to have Lord Miles and Roman on, who are both accused of being MI6 and or CIA shields. I'm so, pretty sure that I mean, Roman works for MI6. I'm just gonna say that. I mean, you know, let's lean into it, right? I mean, let's, if it's a meme, let's let's go all the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, Roman's. Uh, don't, I'm not gonna blow his cover, but he was worried that his roommates might be worried or might, might be uh, uh, concerned about him staying up late. And I was like, just tell him you're talking to retired U.S. spies. <laughs> yeah, I right, think these guys are in the new version of Top Gun that's about to come out. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, you know like... what? Better than the new version that's coming out because there's no Chinese flags. Ah, okay. Hey, did you guys see the trailer for the new Top Gun? No. 
I mean, it looks pretty damn cool to me. I have no idea what the story's about, but wait, wait. There's a new one after they did the one in China just a couple years ago. Um, the one never was released. It'll be released oh. now. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Now that now that we have uh, let the Chinese make their uh, their sensors to it, we can. Hey, and as long as we're bringing that up, you guys, one of these days we should talk about the the uh, parallels to exactly what the U.S. film industry did for Nazi Germany, like literally step for step. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my big, my big prediction for the week will be that, you know, the, the overriding narrative of genocide and the, and the need to, for the West to act, you know, uh, how long are we going to let this happen? Um, and then they're going to, they're going to, this is where you're going to see calls for, you know, these occupied cities in the East, uh, you know, are we going to allow, let the, them, you know, and you're start going to start seeing these protests where they're shooting over the heads, being publicized more, I think, and saying, you know, Kursan is just a, uh, is just another, uh, you know, Buka waiting to happen, you know, something along those lines. So um, I think well, that's really where, where the, we're the going. Ramp, the ramp up is underway. So all over, at least financial media, as I'm watching it out the side of my eyes here, uh, it is repeating, rewashing, recycling, Biden's comments this morning about Putin being a war criminal. And you've now got ICC investigative teams on its way to Buka. So we're going to construct, um, you know, some sort of a narrative here. And by, by Wednesday, we'll have a narrative uh, relative to prosecution in the ICC. And also now we're calling for more sanctions on Russia. And, and then that's, that's going to escalate into... Watch the Baltic states. They're, they're, you know, they got their dander up. The Chihuahuas are out. You know, they want to, they want to go barking at somebody, and and so watch the Baltic states. They're going to do something stupid that's going to get us all involved in this. Yeah, well, no, I, think, I think we don't we don't respect the jurisdiction of the ICC on the United States. So what it's, I, I it's well, but that no, that's an it's the ICC is going to be an EU driven effort. I understand that, but yeah. but but I'm saying is. In in a media world, in a propaganda world, that 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 fact that you just made public doesn't matter. It's all about outrage. Somebody oh, yeah. somebody sparked my memory. Who was it that confirmed the use of chemical weapons in Syria? Like immediately, was that the ICC? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ICC's got it in for for Putin and, and has for a long time. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah. This yeah, is going to be this is going to be a point of convenient legitimacy that will be leveraged by the, the media. Oh, they were shot with seven six two by thirty nine bullets. Uh, okay, would... <laughs> obviously Russian. Obviously, well, even though the Russians don't use that anymore. I, I was going to say it's the that's. It's used by Russia, but the five point four five is there is there much more prevalent. Uh, right you know, now. on that side note, there's a story that came out this morning. It says Russia is issuing its new conscripts eighteen hundreds era rifles. Okay, first of all, it's a little bit of exaggeration, yeah. right? The also, Mosin from eighteen ninety eight. Hey, you give me that and put me on the field of battle and see what happens. Also, right? the, the only guys. Item. The only guys we've seen from that are from Luhansk and Donetsk, and it's been confirmed that those guys aren't actually Russian army, and they're expected to provide their own weaponry. Yeah, it's just it's getting so, so the propaganda is getting that silly. I mean, 
the 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 article makes it sound like they're issuing muskets, right? It's it's just well, dumb. I mean, let's be honest. When I see a National Guardman with an M16, and you know, I'm like, look at that musket. <laughs> what what are the National Guard flying these days? Ugh. Hey, the National Guard are getting the the newest model of Apache. They're getting the new uh, Echo model. Uh, what do they call it? The Apache Guardian or whatever. It's a oh. pretty pretty sweet little bird. I, I was thinking more about the jets, but yeah. Anyway, so well, that's uh, going to be useful for domestic terrorism suppression. So. <laughs> oh boy! Um, all right, uh, Joe, well, you got any predictions? I, I get to claim the uh, atrocity and uh, genocide narratives. Well, that's the only prediction I'm going to make is that 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 we are going to go. I mean, we're already seeing a little bit of a frenzy, but by Wednesday, that is going to be whipped into. Uh, you know, if, if you disagree with that, you're a you're a cuck for Putin or uh, you're literally a traitor and you should be canceled and your business should be shut down and your home should be boarded up. Seriously, it's getting that bad. Good news is we have 82 million people who probably uh, no. Actually, the sad thing is, is the number of Republicans who are getting kind of whipped up into this. You know, Russia bad type thing as well. I mean, Russia is bad. I mean, let's let's not make any mistakes here. But it's not like we are the ones that you know. So like, I had an interesting discussion with a guy, and I think he followed me on Twitter, and I looked at his timeline just to see where he was coming from. <laughs> he seemed like a dude, you know, the kind of person that would that I would enjoy having in my mentions, right? But he was saying, well, well, we have to do this. I mean, you know, we have said never again. And we have to go in there. We have. I was like, listen, we're at zero right now, basically saying we're not going to go in there. What you're saying is we should go straight to 10. What I'm telling you is there are a lot of steps in between zero and 10. And we need to go through the steps and work the steps. And so maybe there is a little step jumping that goes in there, but that's jumping from say maybe zero to two versus, you know, zero to 10. Yeah. I think and, Loco has it there, there in the chat too. I see Russia used chemical weapons weapons by Wednesday at the latest. Entirely uh, possible. Uh, that's a, that's a prediction. All right. Well, I, and you know what, I'm going to make my prediction right on top of that. And I, I think that, uh, I think it was Conotop where there was a, uh, a chlorine tank hit. I'm betting they're going to call that use of chemical weapons. Yeah. 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 Key, Keystone pirate, you know, uh, he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, talking about that new Apache upgrade, man, there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Uh, I'll make, uh, I'll make my prediction. Yes. Uh, that in, Five years or more, this is going to be looked back in some political race, the national level probably, uh, and it, it, you know, it, it will be used by the opposing the the opposing uh, party as 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 their spiel. You know, they're going to go down the road of well, this guy made X Y decision and he was wrong, and I mean they're they're going to flail them. They're going to they're going to drag them through mud. You know, and, and our point is uh, that could be avoided with some caution now, some rational thought now. Uh, that's not going to happen. You know, I think Joe's right. You're right. You know, we're going to go down the road of uh, just making the case to make the case. And, and, and my extension is just that we'll probably see how murky this thing really was five years from now. And then there's just going to be a whole ton more of gnashing of teeth 
as political leverage. Yeah, That's you know, my rational Mike, thought went out the, the window. Yeah, we, we've lost the capacity to have rational discussion in the country. And I think that's been part of the, 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 the I think that's been willful at, at, on many levels. And so it's much easier to get the emotional component of this. The, the difference is, is that, is that the, the press really went after everybody who was part of the WMD crowd in Iraq. But I don't think the press is going to go after anybody who's been sort of fomenting the notion that that this is all a save western civilization strategy in Ukraine because it doesn't fit the it doesn't fit the narrative. So you're not going to have Joe Biden in the dock saying what did you know and when did you know it and why did you do what you did in in the context of because we've cloaked this in this emotional save the children of Ukraine sort of right. sort of aspect of I, it. I, I do I do not disagree at all, Stan. I do not disagree. Where's, where's at Princess all. Diana when you there, meet her? There is yeah. so much inertia on this. Uh, from when I say that, I mean there is so much. Uh, the press moment has yeah. has a bias inertia. Uh, yeah, this will probably. But the opposing party, whoever that may be, will attempt to use this against them. It, it, they'll get probably flushed. Um, but, but uh, you know, whether or not that is successful, is we'll see. In fact, I doubt it. But it, it'll be a point. It'll be a point later on that, that someone will say, well, I told you so. You should have done such and such because yada, 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 yada. And that's the that's that's how we roll. That's how we've done business in the last uh, 30 years or so. And that's why we're ineffective. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the only thing I would say is that we'll see it last faster than five years. I mean, you know, I mean, even, you know, let's, let's say. I just wanted to guarantee my prediction. God for, God forbid we get in a, in, in a, in a war uh, over this whole uh, Ukraine thing, like a world war. The war is going to be over very quickly. I mean, in, you know, at least all the major combat operations, it's not going to, this is not going to be a, like a seven year slog or something like that. Like we saw with, I mean, it's and it's not even going to look like a, a world war. Like it's going to be a lot of like small little wars all over the world. Essentially, the world at war versus the world war. Have you not heard the Joe Dolio World War Three prediction? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, has. I know. Yeah, we're in agreement on that. I, yeah. I so my only my only sort of slight modification to that is is that the the, the world war is going to be the war after this war in the in that. It's going to look like Terminator Salvation uh, in the construct of, of a lot of stuff, and, and yeah, and and it's going to be really, 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 really ugly um, uh, in in those places that bear the brunt of it. Well, and I, I don't know that we need to go down this road, but there, there's the 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 fighting that goes on after the fighting, uh, you know, is going to be a lot closer to home. Right, and Watcher and I are on the same wavelength. I was just going to tell him to pull up that same meme, so. Yeah, uh, I just, I just, I gotta throw this because I feel this was too perfect for us. I, I hate yeah. that we keep being right, but also, <laughs> hey guys, we keep fucking being right. Hey, hey, so, uh, Stan, you got any any other predictions? Uh, what do you think not, the markets are gonna do with this? I uh, look, I think the markets are, I think the markets are in blissful denial at this point. 
Um, I, I think I think what we're going to start to see, though, is you're going to start to see the narrative start to change in terms of markets. Um, esoteric point of the day, um, yield curve is inverted twos to tens. What that says is that the interest rate on two-year notes is higher than 10-year notes. Pretty reliable recession indicator. Um, I think the Fed's going to start to ramp up the interest rate hikes, and I think that's going to have it, that is a blunt instrument. It has a lot of uh, um, collateral damage in the context of their narrative about controlling inflation, um, and so I think the economic issues are going to become more to the forefront. But from a, a, a market's perspective, I think we're at peak sort of peak sort of stock market levels for the year. And I think you're going to see a, an unwinding and a reversion to the mean in terms of pricing. As interest rates go up, the value of stocks as a forward discounting mechanism for future earnings, that that valuation method gets rejiggered. And so future earnings are not worth as much. So the, I, think, I think we're at peak sort of market levels for the year. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is that I, I think with the uh, the amount of liquidity that we have just, you know, pumped into these things over the last, what, since the TARP was announced uh, back in, what, 2008 or whatever, I, I think, uh, I, I, I just don't think that they have any ability to reflect reality at all. Well, we've, we've patched the tire several times since the internet bubble. Um, and we're sort of out of tire patches, although um, the the ability or the willingness to try to pump air into the tire uh, is still there. Uh, but I think I think oil prices, I think food issues, there's a number of things that are going to have. There's going to be a reversion to the mean in terms of of, of stock valuations, and that's going to hurt a lot of people because a lot of a lot of 401k wealth and other stuff is all tied up in index funds that sort of does whatever the market does on autopilot. And I think some people are going to get hurt. Speaking of uh, markets, I was just uh, reviewing all of my uh, 401k stuff and TSP and all that whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the thing I noticed was that uh, where I followed my uh, broker's uh, advice i was in like you know 20 percent land but but where i uh, made some wazoo predictions and put you know ten thousand dollars in nvidia and some of these other kind of things you know i saw i saw much better returns and i always think it's funny that when a when a when a dummy with uh, 82 iq points like me is able to beat my uh you know my broker oh You've it's gone up by seven you know yeah it, I, I knew you were 75 I just I, yeah, now, I took a new I, test. Now I have to bring up the, on. yesterday yeah. fam, famous YouTuber Michael Reeves posted a video in which he created a system where he allowed his fish to pick his stocks for him and then created another system where he followed all of the bets that Wall Street bets were making and the fish beat Wall Street bets and the S&P by 15%. What I can't believe is that AMC is still like over a hundred. <laughs> I mean, Dumb those guys hands. weren't kidding. They bought and they they held, you know, just to... yeah, yeah. And and I to pick up on Diana's point, I'm not offering you investment advice. I was asked a question <laughs> about what I thought, and yeah, and, uh, and absolutely. So... 
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, my question was very much where do you think the markets are going to go, not what do you think, you know, is it, is it, is it good? Um, well, I just, anyway. Yeah, without reiterating, I just, I think that, I think that caution is a, is a pretty good thing to be exercising. Rational caution is a pretty good thing to be exercising for the balance of the year. You know what, you know what we need to do for the Gilded Cert? We need a, we need a, like an investment club uh, chat. Where we where we trade our ideas on on what we're doing because I, I'll be honest with you it's just it's crazy. Speaking of which, why don't we plug the gilded real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Dyatica has been all over that in the chat. I, I, literally, I just can we just give Dyatica a shout out as being amazing. She's she's an unpaid mod here. She's an unpaid mod in the server today. She's come up with several of the assets that we've seen on screen for me while I while I haven't been able to research it. She's fantastic, and that's just part of what you get when you come and join the Gilded server is access to other amazing community members and the wonderful resources that they bring to the table. Yeah, Dyatica, I just want to communicate directly to you that even though when I don't have time to post, I'm always going into the uh, into the Gilded, and I'm and, and, and invariably in one of the rooms that I'm following, you are you're you're being active and you're always bringing uh, good stuff to the uh, uh, to the chat. So I, I really appreciate your presence there. Our uh, is awesome. Yeah, it is actually really, it, it is a, I, I am shocked at how well it's turned out. And it's good, not because of anything anybody here in the council is doing, well, except for maybe Watcher, um, but it's good because you guys are in there like really uh, making, yeah, double her pay. <laughs> right now. Well, uh, let's see. The two times nothing is uh, nothing, and uh, carry the nothing that leaves nothing. Well, just as long as I don't have to divide by zero, because I hear from people with IQs more than 100 that that's a hard math problem. I'll leave that kind of stuff to Joe, the mathematical <laughs> heavy lifting. Um, okay, so, yep. Any more predictions from the council? I predict that y'all should buy my books. Yes, I agree. And you can do yeah. that by going to tacticalwisdom.com. And yeah. It, um, I, I, I guess I'm going to put out an article today. I was going to do one on, on, on prepping with your kids. I'm going to push that later in the week. But today I'm going to put it out there on vetting information you receive uh, and, and how to control some of that rumit that flies around. Um, and, you know, last time I used the term rumen, somebody goes, you know, that's a joke in the intelligence community, right? Y yes, but it's also a real term, right? Um, there are people who believe rumen, which is not actual intelligence, it's rumors, right? And we're going to, I'm going I'm to write about that uh, over at Tactical Wisdom today about how to, how to vet some of this info and what is and is not second source confirmation. Um, just because I think it helps people understand a little more to, to question what's coming out. And, and, and maybe uh, dig a little deeper, scratch beyond the surface and see what's what's out there. Um, so and if you're worried about how the way the world is turning, uh, my book series is a great way to get yourself ready and prepared. Um, if if smart guys like Stan have my books, then then obviously you should, too. And I, I have it from good, a uh, good authority here. that, that, yeah. that J Joe is working on a fiction story as well. Shh. Don't tell people that. I'm I have two not, different fiction projects going, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I, Joe, I, I'm serious heart attack. I, I know both of us are too busy right now, but man, we need to 
we need to come back around on that idea that you and I were kicking around there for a little while. I think that's absolutely that's a that's a good that's a I like that idea a lot. Yep. Anyway, all right, I won't tempt the chat anymore with uh, our inside talk. Scott's IQ varies. This is Mr. Scott uh, J87. There's going to be a code there, J87, though I do like his uh, first name. Uh, Mr. Scott says, Scott's IQ varies depending on how much uh, how much he's in Twitter. So I honestly feel like sometimes my IQ depends on what time of day it is. And it's not like a linear dep- you know, depression throughout the day. Like it goes down as the day goes along or vice versa. It likes a sine wave. I feel like, you know, in various times of the day, I feel smarter. But, it, the, but the sad thing is, is that's really my stupidity coming through. And it's more confidence versus actual intelligence. So. Well, uh, here's, my, here's, my, here's my other way out prediction it's not a prediction it's a it's a it's a hope and that is i hope that elon is able to put a couple of folks on the board at twitter if not buy it outright and merge it with truth social 